As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Something that I believe people very much need to hear. 
We've got a big show. We've got a lot of information to get through. So without any further ado, we'll get Santos on the line here and get straight into it. Okay, Santos, welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you on, brother. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, I've been meaning to get you on for a while, but I've been so busy. I see you must be staring up a bit of trouble down there in Melbourne. Eh? I see that the Victorian government has just announced they're going to double the size of the riot squad down there. Might be you, mate. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually heard that today. They're going to double the size of the riot squad, which is quite amazing. So this totalitarian police state that we've got coming, it, it's, it's just getting so in your face now. And a lot of my research has said that all roads lead to Rome. And this has been paralleled by your research. Power elite of Rome. Um, what happened when the when the original Babylon was destroyed? The priesthood fled to, uh, I think it's Pergamos. I might be wrong. One of the seven cities in the book of Revelation is the seven churches in Asia. It might be Ephesus too. I'm not sure. But it, Pergamos, Sardis, one of those cities. Uh, the Bible calls that place the seat of Satan, right? simply because the Babylonian inversive brotherhood went there to Asia Minor before they left that spot and headed for guess where? No surprises here. Uh, Rome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it's a known fact that Rome has very, very, very ancient roots. She's got the best roots. She's well equipped for conquering and dominating and controlling. Uh, first, brethren, let me explain who they are. They appeared in Egypt first, the Amun priesthood, who basically just got corrupt with, uh, you know, money <laughs> and the minting of money and the controlling of the uh, Suez Canal and and the stock trade and everything like that. Uh, they started to, um, you know, find their um, attention diverted to other things other than, you know, teaching people about the stars and the cycles and mathematics and the seven liberal arts, etc. They found that money was a little bit more interesting than uh, what they were supposed to focus their attention on. Anyway, the Babylonians mastered and polished up this uh, system of inversively controlling people through fear, basically. Simple as that, and that's what the evil is that has infiltrated, uh, that has um, crept up on us on this planet in the last, you know, couple of thousand years of the Dark Ages. This is why uh, when they say that our system is very Machiavellian, if you read The Prince uh, of Machiavelli, you'll find that he was a, a gem of a genius and he was not a person who was uh, advising uh, in general, from his own heart and counsel, to use fear to maintain the principality. He was talking to a prince, so as an advisor, as a paid advisor, and uh, etc. He would uh, he wrote this document, the Il Principe, the prince, to advise that you must, if you're going to be a prince and and be in charge of your principality, which of course is opposed to all of Machiavelli's true ideals of a republic you know, a country governed by law and principles. Um, you know, a principality would be the worst because you have a prince and he might be an absolute, you know, idiot, like many princes have turned out to be, you know, killers, etc. Uh, he advised him on the techniques that he should use. Fear. I mean, you're going to have to use fear. Otherwise, you, they won't respect you. You see, they respect someone who's got an army and that is fearful, you see. So they use these techniques today, but Rome 
has always been using them inversely. So what she does is she gets good things and co-opts them or corrupts them and turns them into something that they were not. For instance, I'll give you a good example, the Bible. The Bible was originally a very heavily veiled document and written, put together by priesthood. Many Levite Jews were involved in this over the period of, you know, many uh, hundreds of years. And what Rome did was they were able to um, create a historical document out of a philosophical document, and they brought God down to earth as a redeemer and a saviour, you know, uh, and apparently supporting Rome in that, you know, you should give to Caesar what is Caesar's, etc. So in effect, you have a Jesus that is complicit with Rome because it's God's will. And this is the masterstroke. This is where it all began, Max. It all began with this uh, this empire building of Rome. Yeah, and look, another thing that you can tell that Rome exercises a huge amount of control over the world is, of course, the calendar, isn't it? The fact that we all use a Roman calendar. I mean, this has been something that they they had to go out and they, they had major wars and they had to really force this upon people because the calendar basically gives us our perception of reality, our perception of time, and we have the Roman version of that in place at the moment. Yep, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> the calendar is, it, it is, it's a Julio-Gregorian calendar. So Julius Caesar and then his um, adopted nephew Augustus actually re- is the one that really gave us the um, the finished calendar. <clears throat> but then 1,500 years later, in fact, in 1582... <clears throat> Pope Gregory decides that um, he's going to adjust it, which was a good thing, I mean, because it was really, really out. And uh, that was only a short period after they went to the Americas, you see, because guess what they brought back from... that Rome exercises a huge amount of control over the world is, of course, the calendar, isn't it? The fact that we all use a Roman calendar. I mean, this has been something that they, they had to go out and they, they had major wars and they had to really force this upon people because the calendar basically gives us our perception of reality, our perception of time, and we have the Roman version of that in place at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> the calendar is... Con- it, it is. It's a Julio-Gregorian calendar, so... Julius Caesar and then his um, adopted nephew Augustus actually re- is the one that really gave us the um, the finished calendar. <laughs> but then 1,500 years later, in fact, in 1582, <clears throat> Pope Gregory decides that um, he's going to adjust it, which was a good thing, I mean, because it was really, really out. And uh, that was only a short period after they went to the Americas, you see. Because guess what they brought back from the Americas? Yeah, they brought back the Mayan and the Aztecs and the Incan calendars, and of course these were much more accurate. So it took them about oh, it would have taken about eight or ninety years to get that right, and then eventually they uh, made the adjustments. You see, uh, the adjustments were pretty shoddy, though, weren't they? They just basically declared that uh, tomorrow is going to be six weeks from now or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, great, great methodology there. Yeah, in August. In August of that year, 1582, they took 16 days out. Yeah, fantastic. That's so, I, I think... Quite things. Yeah, 
And this is one of the prisons that they have made around the snacks. That's a cage. What other cages have Rome, has Rome given the world? Well, they've given, as I said already, the third-party debt-collecting scam, the greatest Ponzi scheme in history, the historical Jesus. <clears throat> People don't realise, and it really is sad to see how many, even so-called academics, you know, and um, and uh, people who uh, have a um, you know a, a bit of study under their belt, you know, and have gone to universities, they walk out of there, you know, under the impression that um, that Jesus was really a historical person, you know, the Lord Saviour Jesus, not the you know there may have been. Yeshua ben Pandera and Yeshua ben Hamashiach. Uh, a lot of great scholars have gone back in history and they've found a few Yeshuas. Josephus mentions four of them. Um, one was a high priest. There are many Jesuses. And, well, why would that be? Because that's the name of the son. And it's also the name of Zeus, Jesus. And I'll get to that in a minute. But um, Jesus being the name of the son... <laughs> The primary, you know, name of the sun, which is it's actually an Egyptian word. Um, that's the name you're given when you're finished with the mystery school initiation. And this is after you've done all the ordeals, after you've taken your cross of wood up the holy mountain of Golgotha, and they do, in fact, tie you up for three days. These are Freemasonic initiations that have been around for thousands of years. Some of these initiations, we still don't even know what they mean. We've only been able to you know, decipher some of the um, the rituals and what they are. But they had their meanings, and it was only people that wanted to go there to be initiated that were initiated. And once you do succeed as an initiate, you are given a white pebble in your right hand with a new name on it, and that name is usually Jesus. Therefore, yes, there were many Jesuses kicking around and teaching, you know, similar stuff to what I'm teaching, you know, the 12... Signs of the Zodiac, where the sun voyages yearly and daily. Therefore, we need to get familiar with those 12 signs, Capricorn, Sagittarius, etc. And when we do, we begin to learn some very, very interesting things. Let's, let's just go through a little bit of a... God, their magical statue was to Zeus. Jesus. But they knew this, they knew pretty well how the solar system worked and the function of all the planets. I, I find that to be fascinating. Oh, yeah, he's got 60% of the angular mom momentum of the uh, solar system. So they knew that there was a lot of influence coming from Jupiter. But the vibration that comes from Jupiter is a sweet one. It's a beautiful tone that, that we receive because everything comes... Astrology works on the l refracted light of the planets and the tone that comes from them. They're basically just the same thing on different octaves, right? And um, the sun is doing the same, except its source of light is from, it, from its body, whereas Jupiter has to re reflect that light to us. Now, that light is sweet, whereas the other big planet in the solar system, Saturn, he's got about 35% uh, of the angular momentum too. But his vibration is very, very harmful to the, whole, the human organism. In fact, he's responsible for about 50% of illnesses on the planet. And Mars is about, and you can add 40% to that, and they are responsible for 90% of the illnesses because they are what's known in astrology as the malefics, Saturn being the greater malefic, 
and Mars being the lesser malefic. In other words, when you do your birth chart uh, and you uh, you need to look at where they are because they're going to be giving negative things to your person on every level, emotionally, spiritually, physically, etc. Why am I saying this? Well, because I'm trying to help you to see how beneficent Jupiter is. In fact, he's the greater benefic in astrology and Venus is the lesser benefic. So Jupiter is the one that gives you all the good stuff. Well, he's this as well back in ancient days. You know, when the arts of war were established in that period, you talk to Sun Tzu, you talk to um, <laughs> Alexander the Great, you talk to Amenhotep III, one of the great, the martial one, the fighting one. That's and Mercury, seven days of the week, the seven chakras, the seven stars that Jesus holds in his hand in the book of Revelation. You know, the seven seals of revelation that we have to burst, the seven chakras to get back to God. Uh, these are the seven Elohim who say in Genesis, let us make man in our image. When they traverse one of the signs of the zodiac, each time they do, <coughs> the zodiac brings a new nature to mankind. So when Zeus came 2,000 years ago, exactly around about the time when they say that the historical Jesus was born, uh, the beneficent age where we're supposed to be forgiving each other uh, began. Now, one of the deacons of Pisces, now get this, please. This is, this is just a sealer. I'm, I've given you enough evidences that it's all astrotheology, but this will seal it for the hardened, you know, the hard-nosed Bible literalists. And I've got nothing against them. They are going to accept this truth one day, and it's only around the corner when the fiction falls that they will embrace astrotheology. Um, one of the deacons of Pisces is called Cephas, and that and Cephas is spelled exactly the same way as Peter the apostle was called by Jesus Christ himself. In the Gospel of John, chapter one forty-two, it says, "You are Peter, and I call you Cephas, because Cephas means." The rock. There you go. Mm. That, about, that about seals it, man. It's all astrotheology. And I'm just scratching the surface. Mm. So that's how that's been co-opted and it's been turned into a system of control. From that system of control, we've basically got our whole system of government and our whole system of slavery through the birth certificate and everything. It all... The, the, the one who... His son Titus destroyed Jerusalem, put it that way, and, and put an end to that mystery school that was churning out Jesus's. And to rub it in people's faces for the rest of eternity, they would actually make a historical Jesus out of it. And in other words, every time you read the Gospels and you hear about Jesus being crucified, it's the school, the mystery school that they closed down because Rome had to snuff out all, all the lights, you know, i.e. Adria, uh, Athens, Carthage. Turn, yeah, turn down the lights, so to speak, on the mystery schools and the true pagan nature-respecting religions of history, which I've proven were united and cohesive in their theology and was the original science-slash-religions religion of this solar system. They snuffed the lights out, and then Vespasian went and built the amphitheatre, which we call the Colosseum, the Flavian Amphitheatre, the Flavians ruled for 30 years and they shed that much blood that the world has never recovered. And the same family came up again 220 years later in the Constantine family. And these three families, together with the Pizzo family, are the biggest shongster crime families of history that have 
created a third-party deck building scheme based on a, a Jesus who never came and never will return in his second coming. It's, it's the second coming is the consciousness, the cosmic consciousness that Aquarius be, brings. <laughs> you know, uh, they created this scheme. It's about to be exposed. I've exposed it. I've got enough evidence in my 12 videos to take it to any court in the universe and win. The historical Jesus story is now over, never happened, never did. And people need to read. That's what happens when you start reading and, you know, lifting every stone rather than going to church and professing that you're seeking the truth. Actually, a lot of people get the truth provided for them through people that aren't altogether trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, the families that have had, you know, control of the seat of the throne of the Empire of Rome, they're still around and they'll turn up in your Bush family, the Clinton uh, Rodham family, you'll find them in the Russell family, the, the founders of the Jehovah's the Smith fam family, the founders of the Mormons. They're pretty in interconnected, these, uh, these controlling families. They are actually, aren't they? You'll find that all, all these famous people, all global leaders can be traced to these families. Most of your rock stars, most of your, your famous movie stars even. I mean, all these people, it's all interconnected. It's always this one family that seems to be in the limelight, isn't it? Yeah, and look, to put it metaphysically, they are not children of the sun. We are the children of the sun. We are the ones that get to ascend. They don't. That's what it's all about. They, um, they are on the de descent, just like your periodic table of elements, you know. Hydrogen goes all the way down to uranium and then, and uranium, number 92, I think it is, and then uranium goes all the way back, fusion and fission, and they just keep, it's just different rates of motion. Well, the Nephilim, they're on their way down, and the Elohim, the children of the sun, are the ones that are returning. And this is why we are having a, a conscious discussion today. We're not having an opinionated one where I'm saying, oh, Max, this is what I think, and no, it's like this, and it's like... We're, we've left the world of opinions. <laughs> That's gone bye-byes. This is direct knowing. Well, absolutely, and that's what a lot of my shows are about. That, that's why I think they, they resonate so much with people because all I really do on the shows is I state the obvious. It's, it's right there, and if you look inside you, you find that you already know it. You already knew it, you just forgot. I have a lot of people say that to me. Max, it's like, it's like you've told me something that I, I... When you said it, I knew that I already knew it. It's just that I forgot, and that's kind of what you're doing as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I can vouch for that. Uh, before I ever made any videos, I was listening to you, uh, probably uh, came across your stuff three years ago, if not at least two years ago, and I thought, oh, this is great, this guy's Aussie, I can I can hear it in his, in his tone, I wonder where he's from, and, and there was no name on this thing, it was like a 15-minute video that I discovered first, and it was... Um, he went through all the conspiracies and explaining how um, it, how uh, reality really is and all the, of the illusions. And by that time, I'd done. I've wow, man! I'd come a long way. I tell you what, from a fictional Jehovah's Witness to where I am now. And then I bumped into into your stuff and many other things like esoteric agenda. You know, our friend uh, Ben Stewart stuff like that. They only serve to prompt me and help me to make the videos that I have because I. I was an astronomer and musician and I loved cosmology and the stars, not astrology because, of course, I was in a, Christian, a good Christian boy. And so, but um, I was connected to all that stuff. And uh, by the time 
2007 came along, which is the year of my awakening, by the way. I'm only four years old in this. So, so yeah, 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 young fellow, mate. Oh, yeah, but you see, you've done, I, done well for a young fellow, then. Well, this is this is what I want you to rejoice in the fact that the people who are still asleep can wake up very, very quickly, my friend, with the right information. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the stuff that I'm giving them, I've designed my videos in a way that will open their eyes in one hit as to all of the fictions that have been pulled over their eyes. And um, when I started making these things, I had a broader perspective because I laid a great foundation. I started researching all of this stuff actually in 1982 when I first became a Jehovah's Witness. I stumbled across the works of Emanuel Velikovsky, Reen Norbergen, um, the Bishop um, uh, Hislop, I think Alexander Hislop, who wrote The Two Babylons. And in there... He goes deep, man. I remember I was a young man in my 20s reading that stuff, um, you know, where he talks about who Nimrod is, Nimrod is Bell of the Babylonians and Belshazzar and all of these. He, he connected all the names of these ancient gods to basically establish the fact that Rome Mark II or, or Babylon Mark II is Rome. So he called, it, he called the book The Two Babylons. I still have that in my library. In fact, it's right here next to me. And I've gone over that book at least three or four times to glean information from it. It was written in um, 1916. Now, so I had this good foundation of mythology already. So along comes stuff like esoteric agenda and zeitgeist, and my eyes just opened up. And here I am four years later, and I've got all of this stuff about astrotheology, and I didn't make any of that up, man. When you watch my videos, you know it resonates with truth because I point to where I got all the stuff from, all the books that I got it from, and I prove it. And I prove how astrotheology absolutely is what it is all about, not just a little bit. You know, it's all about astrotheology. And the thing is as well, if, if people look at the uh, the symbolism in the ancient church of Babylon and uh, Semiramis and uh, Ishtar and all this sort of stuff, you see it replete all throughout our society today. And even if you look at the design of the buildings in Washington with the big pillars, these are Roman-designed buildings. 
you've got the Statue of Liberty, which is essentially Salernus. It's the same goddess. If you if you were going to look at the world, if you're an archaeologist and you're a thousand years in the future and you're digging through the rubble and you got to this society and then you dug further and you got to the ancient Babylonian society and the Roman society on, on, in between them, you'd be saying, well, this was the same culture all the way through. But look, I think we're going to have to go for a break here. So we're here talking with Santos Bonacci and we'll be back in a few minutes, folks. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're here speaking with Santos Bonacci today, and we're uncovering the secrets of the Vatican and the system of control that's been put in place by these people. And some of the information that is coming out on the show today may be a little bit unsettling for some people, but I urge you all to listen to what's being said and do the investigation for yourself, because things can very much reveal themselves when you do so. So before the break, we were talking about the Vatican and the systems of control that have been put in place by the Vatican. And I'll just let you continue from where you were, if you would, Santos. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned Semiramis there, uh, the Statue of Liberty. Well, Semiramis was the bride of Nimrod. And you've got families today like the Rothschilds who boast about being the descendants of this particular bloodline, you know. So... You see these people with power like the Rothschilds and you wonder how in the world did they get so much power? They've always been there. They've always been bloodline families. They're all, they've always been, they've been here and their, their business is control because they know that a good portion of humanity are good people. Uh, good people that are seeking their, their higher selves. You know, they have a spiritual hunger. You know, there's a saying that man is a religious mammal. Well, he's not. He's spiritual. <laughs> religious, no. He's spiritual. And religions, too. Uh, you know, I mean, they've only been around for about 5,000 years. And, and so has the concept of empire and dynasties, you see. Dynastic Egypt started 5,500 years ago at the outer. But 5,000 years ago was when the first dynasties of Egypt began. Before that, it was matriarchal, it was peaceful, it was holistic and syncretic. There were not factions in their worship. You know, they didn't go from Aten to Amun to, to Ra to Set to Horus in one day. It was all the one cohesive religion. But, but what you find with Rome is that Rome is basically just a morphing of, of Empire, really, the concept of empire. Because where, where empire is, republic cannot be. You know? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Rome is just morphing. In fact, the families behind Rome are, are still the same Egyptian families from those dynastic periods that had to control. You know? Yeah, well, that's, that's very obvious. It absolutely is as well. But it's, uh, it's remarkable that they've managed to maintain this system for so long. It is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. That's what happens when you create uh, false gods, for instance, money. That's how they did it. They put their money with their stamp of authority on it, and that was the currency that you had to use. Then, you know, when, because they took away, Rome used to pay its soldiers with salt, you know, the salary. Um, and we still get a salary, don't we? We're good little slaves in our occupation because we are under occupation. When we go, we, when we go and do our jobs just over broke because we've forgotten that we came here to do the good work. Not to get, yeah. not to get one of Rome's nine to fivers. 
Yeah, it's it's quite We're amazing. Good work. It's quite amazing, isn't it? They they do they disguise it in the language. I've I've said to people quite often that the the English language is essentially a series of incantations, uh, you know, that help you create your reality, but you just don't know you're doing it because most people, you know, as we're trained to think with our left brain and you know keep out of that right brain area. And here's the language that you use, and this language is basically uh, designed to hypnotise you into the reality that we want you to have. Very very clever, this system. Yeah, oh yeah, the system is inversive, Max. Let me explain a bit of the occult science behind... You see, scientists can't explain evil, and the religionists are explaining it fictionally with Satan the devil. So the only people who have the real answers are the occult scientists. You have to go to the occult books, not the exposed ones that teach the fairy tales that they want to tickle people's ears with. You have to go to stuff that is hidden. <laughs> that's, that's the problem as well. People have trouble with the occult because they think, oh, the occult, that's Satanism. But no, occult means hidden. And that's then if they're hiding it, well, there might be a reason for that. There might be a reason that you should go and look at it because they're trying to hide it from you. There's a good point there, you know. Yeah, because you have to go deep and go looking if you really really want to find a good reporter knows how to do a good story because man they go deep they don't treat the subject superficially and pretend to know because you can't pull the wool over people's eyes like that and and a good reporter is the one that goes deep so in going deep this is what i've discovered about the source of what we call evil on this third dimensional plane and it's not it's just undeveloped good um but it's it comes from, it, it is a spiritual warfare that we, are, that we are dealing with here. As the Bible says, put on, put on your suit of armor because it, it is a spiritual warfare against the principalities of the air that we have a war with. And that's true because the principalities of the air uh, would be the dark satellite. It's not Satan, the devil and his demons. It's not fallen angels. It's fallen human beings because the human beings in their physical flesh body, when that body deteriorates and finally uh, expires, the soul uh, seeks to ascend, but it cannot if the vibration is not high enough. And the vibration is acquired by loving acts of consciousness. And what happens to those souls is, is they get bounced off what they call the first heaven, which is the moon is the guardian of the first heaven, then Mercury the second, Venus then the sun, mm. then Mars, then Jupiter, then Saturn, old man Kronos. He is the seventh, the lord of the rings, and he has rings. Kronos, he is the governor of time. That's Saturn, old man, Satan. But the first ring of the moon, she will not let anybody pass. She's the guardian, and she makes sure that anyone who wants to ascend, it's like pretty much like a distillery, you know. The good, the good stuff goes up to the top, and the sludge stays down the bottom. So they basically put a system in place that makes sure everybody's thinking sludge. Everybody's living in the sludge, and everyone yeah. is their life on sludge. Yeah, and when they die, these opinionated idiots, buffoons and believers that have gone to church all their lives to be deceived, they're the ones who get the short end of the stick. In this life, they're going to, that they're going to be saved, you see, because they believe this fictional system. Now, what happens is their souls are bounced back to this dark satellite, which is the animal chakra of the seven chakras of the earth. As we have seven chakras, so above, so does the earth, and so above, so does the solar system. Seven is in everything. 
And the animal part, is, which is the undeveloped good, it has not acquired consciousness yet. It's intelligent. It's a very, very intelligent vibration, that animal lower world. And all the lower vibratory creatures that have not acquired the higher consciousness have to incarnate as animals because they have not the consciousness to cut the grade as humans. But in the last couple of thousand years, the dark satellite has been providing souls for this um, earth from that particular animal chakra. And they're very intelligent. They're not conscious. You know, pretty much like a, a George Bush, for instance. Not that I've got anything against, against him, but it's obvious that he's not, he's not very conscious. He's, he's just a, a smart animal. But in hermetic science, they call these unconscious human beasts, whereas the true hero is the conscious human being. To learn about this, uh, you might want to read a book by Thomas H. Burgoyne called The Light of Egypt, The Science of the Stars and the Soul. And it is one of the most enlightening books in all my presentations and shows. I always extol it as the greatest expander on this planet. He founded in the 18th, 19th century, Thomas H. Burgoyne founded the Hermetic Brothers of Luxor. This is hermetic wisdom at its best. And it's the hermetists, the occultists, that know the true origin of this raging fury of evil on this planet that has, has visited us in the Iron Age of Pisces for the last 2,000 years. And it is what causes the inquisitions and the hatred and the killing and the bloodshed and the young men that go off to war to blow off little children's heads and, you know, and cause bloodshed and anguish and... and, and countries to be turned over and toppled like Libya and Afghanistan and Iraq and they want to bring down Iran and they want to just keep going and going. The reason is, Max, because corporations are unconscious beasts and the whole world is corporate. It's a fascist Nazi dictatorship and um, its life is going to be very, very, very short, very short. Miraculously, this beast will be destroyed by human consciousness. And that's, that's the Christ that has returned, and churchgoers are missing the boat. Yeah, see, that's what I'm seeing as well. Is there is a huge awakening in consciousness that's happening, Santos. There really is, even the fact that we're having this type of a conversation. And I believe we're being provided opportunities to, to help this along in, in most of the negative stuff that, we, that happens to us, that we perceive to be negative. It, there's opportunities disguised in here. And recently we've seen the uh, that Chappelle Corby film that I, I actually think I sent you a link to. And this this is a huge opportunity. This exposes the whole corrupt system in this country. And if people can see that it's happening here, they're going to think, well, hang on, it's, it's probably happening in my country as well. And you're going to find that it's happening anywhere where you've got a concentration of media owners and you've got a, a government control system. It's the same in every country. So... We're being provided with opportunities to deal with this now, and all we really have to do is know who and what we are. Yeah, yeah. This movie will get into the right hands. It will go into the right hands. It will go into some very powerful and the exposure, which is what brings the system down, and remove these nasty people from positions of power in this government. And while Chappelle Corby is suffering, so shall we. So it's no use sitting on our nice leather couches with our three well-paid jobs that we do a week with all our port investment portfolios and investment properties and stocks and bonds while 
Chappelle, Chappelle Corby, an innocent person, is perishing in jail, probably being raped every night. Who knows? Because those, you can tell all those people, they, they just love to have some good looking, you know, prisoners. Uh, those Indonesian prison guys, they are, you know, it's been leaked out that they're, they're uh, slapping her around a bit in there. And, uh, while she suffers, we suffer. It's no use <laughs> enjoying any of our comfort. But while these things are going on, it's not a time to enjoy anything. It's a time to really stand up now, reclaim dominion. Let's not tolerate any unconscious behaviour on this planet. Yeah, and look, there's a lot of people that are trying to promote revolution. And I don't think that's the way. I think that all you need is peaceful non-compliance. It doesn't matter what, what the government does because there's, there's so many of us. If we can just suddenly realise that we're all in this together and, and let our guards down and see each other as, as equals and just stand in solidarity together, we could change the world in three seconds. To me, it's so simple. Uh, I, I live my life in a constant state of giving, and I try to improve every person's reality. Every person I'm coming in contact with, I try to make their day has been a better day because they saw me, you know, because I was in their day for a moment. It, it, it gave them something, you know, because I see them as myself. And I, I, I just love the people all around me. I really do, even the ones that are closed off. And, and I, I see it with these sociopaths. Oh, man, man. Oh, there is so much to see how far depraved they've gone down their, down their path. Oh, my God, it sounds like... It's, it's, it sounds so... These people must be having a miserable life if they've got a... If Barack Obama has got to declare executive orders and and homeland security and open up detention centres, and if they've got to do that stuff, my God, what are they scared of, these people? Their lives must be putrid, must be full of fear. They, they, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty much, and you can see George W. Bush, if you look at videos where his father is around, this was pointed out by a radio host. I can't remember his name offhand. It could be Freeman Jack. Uh, did a video clip about it, and it really, really made a lot of sense about what he was saying. So I think we, we need to reserve judgment of all the people that we, we claim to be our enemies. We've got to realize that these people need love as much as we do. These people are simply disconnected. And I, I, I've got to admit, when I saw that Chappelle Corby movie, I was outraged. I was absolutely outraged. But again... Even with that outrage, I don't want to hurt the perpetrators. I just want them to come home. And we seem to miss that. A lot of people miss that. They they want to replace this violent, angry system with violence and anger. And it doesn't work that way. You can't change a paradigm by applying the same logic to removing it. It's, it's got to be peaceful non-compliance. It's got to be lawful rebellion and, and peaceful civil disobedience. And this can only happen if we can drop our guards down as a community and, and put common unity back in the community. This has been my whole message right since day one, Santos, is what I've been attempting to help people see. Yeah, and you're doing it. Uh, yeah, and you've done it. You, well, the simplicity of it, the simplicity is, is beautiful. It's, it's, it's magnificent in the simplicity of the way we could fix this problem. It's, it's just so simple and so beautiful that people just, just can't see it. It's right in front of their faces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of... Look at it this way, Max. If the system is propped up by one thing, and that's money, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Once that Federal Reserve money dries up, and it will, <laughs> because there are so many nations that are pulling out of the American dollar to deliberately destroy it. They're doing it deliberately and conscientiously. 
countries like Brazil and Iran and Russia, they're not happy with this, this NATO-UN bloc. They know that it's a crime cartel. <laughs> Everything about it smacks of money laundering, you know. One guy who comes to see me play in the city, he's a great guy. He's, he's an Assyrian Christian from the Church of you know, Iraq, uh, you know, and he knows his conspiracies and he, he knows his stuff, you know. And he says to me, says, Santos is like a money laundering scheme. At the time, it's very much. Pluto is in handy. I can see with my mind's eye what the solar system is doing to affect the change on this plane, on the Earth, because the solar system is rectifying everything. Uranus is in Aries. I'll get back to that and what it means. Saturn is in Libra. Very powerful. That's where the scales of justice are, and Saturn is the just one. Now, I've explained many things about Saturn and how the elites pay a lot of attention to him. For instance, in 71, when Saturn was in Gemini, they built the Twin Towers. Then in uh, 2001, 30 years later, its next return, they pulled down the Twin Towers in Gemini, when, when Saturn was in Gemini. And, and in between the two plane crashes, Saturn transited from the uh, ninth house into the eighth house. The ninth house is the house of trips. The tenth, uh, the eighth house is the house of death. Okay. Now this happened in between the two plane crashes in the morning of 9-11. The first crash was 8.46 and the second one was 17 minutes later, 9.03. Get on any astrological website and you can punch in the data and you can see this for yourself. So Saturn now is in Libra and that's justice. Okay. Venus is also the ruler of of uh, Libra, and Venus is the one you see on your courtrooms, on the top of the courthouses, that statue. She's holding the scales and she's blind, you know, because she's the, the goddess of justice, and that's the just sign that she, that's her dignity. She rules there. But that's the, the Saturn in that house. That's the exaltation of Saturn. So there you have the two just ones in the sign of Libra, Saturn who exalts, he is exulting there right now. And that is the justice that you see down below. And together with Pluto in uh, Capricorn, uh, last time Pluto was in Capricorn was 250 years ago when we had the French and the American Revolution. So Pluto is the destroyer and the transformer. He will go through the sign of Capricorn until the year 2025 when he exits. And um, he will destroy all external authority. That's what he's doing in, in Capricorn. It's happening right now before your eyes. It's amazing that it's all right there, isn't it? And the interesting thing is that if people may listen to this and say, oh, look, this is, this is rubbish, this is astrological rubbish, and I'm a Christian, or I'm this and I'm that, and they don't believe in it. But if you look around at our society, and, you know, again, you look at the architecture, look at the statues, look at who they use for their court system and their court buildings, why would they have Venus there holding the scales if they didn't believe this stuff and if they didn't know it to be true and if they didn't base their entire system upon these the workings of these, these systems? Yeah, yeah. What I um, shared with you about uh, 9-11 and the Twin Towers, I mean, I can do a two-hour show and still barely scratch the surface showing you how many things in the sky up above were occurring to conspire to cause everything to go to the T for 9-11 to take place. 
many, many, many things had to conspire on the ground, on the plane. I mean, the Mossad that planted the bombs, for instance, in the World Trade Center, that was detonated. Uh, these people, they were, these are very, very clever young men, and we're talking engineers that know about state-of-the-art technology, how to implode buildings so that other buildings don't get destroyed. These guys are the best, man. Criminals, mercenaries, thugs, unconscious, intelligent animals. But they had to all be organised. George Bush had to speak with all the other people and they all had to organise it. The Rothschilds were also, the, the, the uh, Windsors had to know about it and everything like that. And they just set the stage and, and uh, all, there must have been thousands of people complicit with this crime. And we still don't know who they all are. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This couldn't have happened if As Above wasn't in order. And believe you me, if you don't think what I've just shared with you about the Twin Towers, they started building in 71 when uh, Saturn just entered Gemini, then opened it in 73 when... Saturn was exiting uh, Gemini because Saturn stays in the sign for two and a half years. It takes 29 and a half years to go all the way around. And in fact, just, just a little tidbit which is interesting, the moon takes 29 and a half days. Saturn, 29 and a half years. Exactly the same. Mm, that's, that's quite uh, significant really, isn't it? It is. And the moon will be in a sign for two and a half days. Saturn will be in a sign for two and a half years. Now, when they, they built it when it was in Gemini, these are the pillars of Hercules, the twins, you see. I've explained this in my videos. So they planned to have it built and destroyed under the twins, the sign of the twins, in a 30-year turnaround of Saturn. Now, and I can show you, that, oh, man, that is nothing. That's just scratching the surface. There's other alignments that I'll share with you one day on another show or something like that to prove conclusively, beyond a doubt, that as above, was in perfectly in place for this uh, crime to be perpetrated. He said, because if they do their evil deeds not on the right day of sacrifice... Well, they don't create the energy field that they need to. It doesn't work. It has to be done exactly. absolutely precisely. A lot of what they do is all based on energy. Even the shapes and the designs of the buildings are designed to channel energy and to interrupt the energy field. 
Yeah. You know, it, the shapes of the streets, the everything. It's absolutely amazing. With what a lot of the Freemasons do, why why they always apply these certain principles to the things they build. They don't know why they do it. They're just Masons. But it's the energetic resonance that the building then begins to set up that is the important thing. Yeah, what they do is they build temples because they are carpenters like Jesus. A carpenter is a Freemason because he copies the sun. The sun, as it goes through the signs, it builds its temple along with the other planets. For instance, the word temple can be broken down to temp, tempo, comes from the, from the Latin word tempo, which comes from the Greek word chronos, which comes from Saturn. Yeah, it always comes back to the same thing. Look, I think we're out of time here, Santa. Yeah, no worries. I will, I will have to have you back on, though. It's been a fascinating conversation and a completely different perspective of, of what's going on. But I think it's important to look at these things because what you have uncovered is basically the, their religion. This is the way they operate. This is how their whole system functions, and that's why they use these specific dates. That's why they shape buildings in certain ways. And they, they tell you, they put it right there in the architecture, they put it, the symbolism everywhere, and they tell you exactly what they're doing, but then they feed you a different version of reality, so you can't see that which is right before your eyes, and that's the way, unfortunately, most people live their lives. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, and we'll definitely have to do it again. Done. Thanks, Max. No problem. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for the show today, folks. Thank you very much for spending this time with me today. Thank you for continuing to visit and support thecrowhouse.com. And please, for anybody out there who has not yet seen it, I urge you all to go to a website called expendable.tv and view the documentary called Expendable, which deals with the case of Chappelle Corby, a woman who was wrongly prosecuted for smuggling drugs due to the actions of the Australian government and Australian Federal Police. I urge you to watch this film and get it out to as many people as possible because I believe it is a tool that may be used to expose the corruption of this government for what it is and hopefully bring about some real change in the world. But as I said, that is it for me today. I will look forward to speaking to you again next week. Please take care until then. In Lakesh. Hey, and welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the show today. I hope you enjoyed what I just put on there. Um, a lot of things... I wanted to speak about Capricorn. This is where astrology comes in. Demonic. So I did like how um, Santo said in the one clip how um, how he was going to discover. Um, he wanted to talk about the evil, and he said it's not evil. It's just um, oh, how did he put that? I should have wrote it down. I knew I was going to forget. I uh, said it's not evil. It's just. Um, not good yet or something like that or unevolved good i think as his words were and that was beautiful um Cassandra's Bonacci, maybe nowadays isn't quite in the same way as he was in these clips um before 2012 even after 2012 you know he's a lot more hopeful because he was believing in not believing in uh, it's not something to believe in it is something happening this conscious awaken this uh mass awakenness and consciousness and all that and that's why well it's not why i give you guys so many reasons why i'm doing this show but uh oh it's become another reason of why i i promote the magic and the witchcraft because it's essential to do the self-transformation process um the way santos put it on here um 
uh, and then he said it was like a distillery, you know, all the good shit goes up and the sludge stays down. And then Max turns around and says, well, that's what they do. They have the system here that keeps everybody in sludge, right? We're never told the truth. We're never told the truth, whether you want to talk about the truth about your birth certificate and your rights, or you want to talk about the truth of how to evolve your soul, how to transform or how to manifest reality. We're never told any of those truths. We're never taught any of that shit. Um, it can never die, though. Well, I said that in a previous show that, you know, you can't get rid of this cult wisdom. They've tried. Santos went through that in this as well, saying how Christ, everybody's trying to prove Christ was alive. Well, there was many Jesuses, sorry, story Jesus, trying to prove that Jesus was a historical figure. And there's many Jesuses because mystery school, kind of like what Freider calls his school, the mystery school, I like that correlation or that, uh, that, uh, um, um, correspondence, but but the mystery schools, that's what would happen, you know, they'd hang these people up, there's a tarot card with a guy upside down on a cross, and he's not dead, he's just hanging there, why do you think that is, why do you think tarot is so important to all this shit, but anyways, uh, and then, you know, they'd get a pebble, and on that pebble, they were married Jesus, because they were now the sun, they were uh, a child of the sun, they can perform the miracles. They can manifest. They they're doing. They went through the transformation process. Um, this is this is the important part. But I, and I, but I like how Santos put that, and then um, how Max interpreted it. Um, you know, Santos uh, put it in uh, in a term of vibration, though, um, from uh, coming from not necessarily your body, but from your emotions. You know, it tells. Well, he talked about the moon being the guardian. You know, out of the seven traditional planets, uh, I'll get into that after, but he says the moon is the guardian, right? And it knows who gets ascend and descend um, um, because of that. So, uh, and everybody being kept in fear from the TV, from the media, from the monetary system to you have to work, uh, conform, blah, 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 blah. You are staying in that sludge. Your vibration, whenever you do die, is not going to be able to ascend. Um, I like how he put those. Put it, excuse me, sorry, I like how Santos put it in those um, awakening, and it's not just truth-seeking, like I said, but it's self-transforming, self, -trans self uh, those who transform themselves, ascend, um, see, see, we still, we still live our life. And we turn ourselves into, you know, miracle workers and manifestors. We manifest our dreams, you know, by helping people mainly. Um, uh, and that helps, you know, turn this 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 plane, this world that we're in, into, you know, our heaven on earth, basically, how we can enjoy our life. You know, we're still going to have issues, but that's how it makes it better when you do this. But... Um, and this is according to him, right? And it's one of these things that can't be proven, but... Uh, when we die, if you are that sludge, you're in fear, then yeah, you're going to be reincarnated. He says into an animal or whatever, but he means the animal being and not the human being. Um, human beings do get to ascent, um, but the fear, uh, you reincarnate it. But if you're, your soul, if yourself, if you self-transform, um, then your soul ascends. 
Um, it goes back to that whole negative and positive outwitting the devil um, thing I put on um, even the Egyptians, you know, as he weighed the heart whenever they went into the dead. You know, the Book of the Dead is spells and incantations or whatever. There's many ways to look at this, but, you know, um, the Book of the Dead was almost like the first insurance and policy. It was all these things you're going to need in the afterlife as you go through all these different realms. And when you get to the end, you have to weigh your heart against a feather. And if you had a heavy heart, then the I think it was like a hippo or a rhinoceros head looking guy, maybe a crocodile, got to fucking eat you. And that was you getting reincarnated. If not, if you are, then you got to go ahead and that's some some spells came in you had uh, you can have a spell or something specific to hold on to like a talisman or whatever and it would almost be like cheating the death or whatever using a spell now to me that that's a lot of symbolism i'm just trying to show you it all comes back to that the positive and the negative part of the atom if you are in a even greg Braden talks about it you know being in a fear base but if you're in fear when you die because we're all still gonna die you can do all the magic you want. You can make your life last a hell of a lot longer and that, that you know, there's a lot of things out there to help you and I, I do suggest doing them even if you don't believe in pharmacia or the hospital or, or drugs and all that. If there are things that are going to make you live longer and that's what you want, then you'd be stupid not to do it. But, it all comes back to if you're in fear, you reincarnate, and if you're in love, you get to go back up. And he just gave you a whole different perspective perspective of it. Um, one of the many many Bible verses that was changed in the beginning. Um, in the beginning, God created man in His image, um, but it used to be, and in some factions, you can still be found as. We created man in our image, or Elohim, which means, uh, in the, the language, is probably Greek, or sorry, uh, Latin, um, the seven, which the seven planets is the, is the Elohim. Elohim made man in their image. Um, this is why the moon is also so important um, in magic, witchcraft. Uh, she protects the other heavens, planets, spirits, goddess, gods. Um, that's why out of the traditional planets, we are all going around the sun. Uh, she is technically, but she's going around us. Uh, you know, She's also going around the sun. She's reflecting the light from the sun, but she's controlling the water on this earth, the emotion on this earth, your subconscious mind, your link to the divine. The moon is super important. And I love how he talked about that in here because it's not something I've heard from anybody ever seen on youtube i've read it in a few books um but it's few and far between and it was one of those things i put on the back burner and then when he said it here it was, it was kind of cool i'm not saying it's right or wrong it's one of those things you can't prove but the moon is a very mysterious thing and it's beautiful if you stare at it when it's full oh my god absolutely oh excuse me absolutely stunning but um you know, that's why out of the traditional planets, um, no, sorry, I already said that. <laughs> um, the moon is making sure those who, you know, use magic witchcraft for good and for their self-transformation and to help others, they ascend and pr she protects from those who won't or keep others from ascending. And, you know, this puts a whole new light on the radio gospel of witches. Um, you know, she says many things in there, how she's going to hurt the people who hurt her people and 
if you need if you are in need of something best be the moon moon is full and you shall gather in i forget the uh, kind of place and you shall be naked as uh, a sign of uh, you getting rid of your slavery or you're out of your bonds or something like that something to that effect which is all tied into what he just spoke about it's pretty amazing um i've always loved the moon i still do um Oh, oh, sorry guys, I don't know why I keep yawning. I am outside. Pretty chilly night, but it's, it's so beautiful. I just, I just want to be outside. But anyways, I want to talk about a conscious shift. Because once again, this was prior to 2012. Or sorry, this was during the year 2012 prior to December 21st. Where the Mayan calendar ended. And um, at this time, when uh, the thing I just played at this time, there was so much fear base around, you know, the the world ending, something going to happen, big bangs and booms, nuclear war, whatever, I forget how they said it was going to happen, truth be told, I mean, I graduated uh, high school in 2004, 2012, I was, um, probably, it was probably the years I was doing a lot of illegal activity, to be honest, so, um, I wasn't really, I wasn't aware, I wasn't, um, awake uh, i wasn't i'm gonna say conscious because everybody has a conscious mind but i wasn't tapping into my subconscious mind or doing any kind of magic at this time but this conscious shift um is similar to me anyways when I, I hear these guys and i love listening to these guys and max is maybe more along my beliefs uh versus santos santos was really hoping for huge wave and a huge shift and i think when that didn't happen and then bad things started happening to him because he kept pushing the envelope and and doing this great work and getting information out there and, and changing people's minds and getting more people to ascend he went on this mission he's still on that mission but he became uh, a target you know he had to go to court and shit like that and you know i don't think he was ever the same since and it's too bad because he's fucking helped me and i don't even know how many people same with max um but anyways because this concert fuck oh, oh god i god, god, have to go to a song if i keep yawning <laughs> this constant shift to me is similar to the jesus coming back in revelation slash the rapture uh 2020 2012 people thought it would if if you weren't christian well if you were in the new age or whatever uh they thought it would wake up people almost overnight maybe not everybody but a huge shift hence why uh you know my favorite mentor um and, and I, like i said i love birch i love all the guys i've put on here you know santos and max but i want to say freighter xavier sorry i'm a little biased he'd be my favorite guy but that's why his first video, if you haven't heard it, I'm actually going to play a clip from it so you can hear it for yourself. But, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'll play that. <laughs> I can't stop yawning. Um, my favorite mentor, Fred Xavier, after the December 21st, 2012, he decided to teach. He opened up his fucking mystery school. How cool is that, right? They're talking about how Mr. Schools got closed down and how every time they talk about Christ uh, getting getting killed um getting crucified well that's the mystery schools being crucified it's not actually uh a person but at that point freighter xavier the guy who opened up my eyes and got me into magic he decided to teach and um he decided to teach this great work he opened up his mystery school and i'll let you hear it from his, from his point of view okay. 
explaining things that people should have probably already have figured out already. Uh, I've been fighting making this video for a while now. But now I think it's time. I think it's time because the world didn't end. We didn't ascend. Jesus didn't return. The rapture didn't happen. Nobody was enlightened. And hopefully now people can start to abandon the conspiracy doom and gloom stuff along with the uh, new age garbage that's being passed around for truth. But understand that it's not my job to try to change your beliefs. I have no interest in doing so. Hence why I didn't really want to make this video. Because I could really care less. My job is simply to put what I know out there. And you either accept it or you don't. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Because I know already that the things that I'm going to be talking about are going to be lost on 98 to 99% of the people that listen to it. And I already know this. Those who are meant to hear it and have this knowledge will find it and listen to it. That's just the way these things work. So I'm not concerned with being popular or having the most comments or things like that. In fact, I disabled the comments because I already know that people will try to turn them into a religious argument or debate, especially when it comes to things of this nature that we're going to be talking about. And what are we going to be talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about magic. I am Frauder X. And I am a practitioner of Western ceremonial magic. We're going to be talking about the occult, which is not really what you think it is for most of you. We're going to be talking about hypnosis, NLP, the subconscious mind. We're going to be talking about the Illuminati which is something I really don't care to talk about, but eventually it's going to have to be addressed. And we're going to be talking about the real meanings behind a lot of the symbolism that you see around you. So we're going to be getting into a whole lot of things um, that are going to hopefully by the end, give you a better understanding of what's really going on. And I assure you that this isn't stuff you're going to hear anywhere else. You just aren't. If you were, I wouldn't be having to make this video series, which I didn't want. Quote, unquote. We're not supposed to have this habit. It's forbidden knowledge for a reason. Because absolute power... Absolutely. But we see that already today. And the final reason is one doesn't talk about magic 
unless they want to screw up their magic. <laughs> and we'll get more into the reason why that is uh, a bit further down the road. And because there's just so much that it's difficult to put it out there and explain it. You just can't put everything out there all at once or it do you more harm than good. And that's the truth. All right, so you heard it from the mentor. That was his first video ever put out. And I don't know if it was in 2012, um, right before the new year or in the new year. I'd have to check up on that, but I don't want the computer to reconnect because, like I said, I'm outside, so I'm not connected to the, the main wire. But anyways, so let me keep going. Um, um, so someone wakes up. All right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I decided to teach. Now, when someone wakes up, um, they do affect people. But it isn't going to be a wave from, like, the seven planets or beyond come down and... We suddenly just remember everything and we never want to hurt anybody or we just all quit our jobs. And you know, It's not going to be like that. I mean, we may be able to fucking coordinate something like that over the internet. Um, maybe I'll talk about that after. But um, And that's, to me, the real reason for the mass awakening is the internet. Um, we complain about the internet so much on um, what's on there and it is used against us it is used to make magic look silly it is used to make new age look silly it is made to talk about fear and keep people in fear but it's also been used to help wake up people so for everything bad there's also a whole lot of good and that's one of the main um tools that well it certainly helped me um it can hinder you but it can help you um but anyways so, um, but there's also, um, so uh, it's not that simple, um, as, as above, so below, um, can use, you can use those planets to your benefit. Um, like he talked about the, the 9-11 thing, you can use only Saturn or Mars and do some pretty evil shit 
and then Saturn and Mars gets the rap for that, which totally isn't fair, and it's totally one of my biggest pet peeves, and it pisses me off um, since I got into this, but I'll get into that later. Um, um, but to your, you can use those planets to your benefit because they're, they're a part of you, but they're also a part of all those people sleeping, all the awake people too that are, are uninitiated. Um, the reason Mercury is represented by like four different names you know he's thoth he's hermes he's he's archangel raphael mercury all right there's many many more same with jupiter zeus jove um uh, the moon's got a bunch venus has got a bunch um the reason that is it's it's so people can wake up using different traditions different systems um point is the, the Illuminati or whoever, reptilians, the Vatican, aliens, um, even bankers uh, aren't. There are they aren't Christians. They believe in astrology. Uh, they use magic. I've said that before. Um, everything points to that. You know, they talked about Venus, the blind uh, Venus in Libra, basically holding the scales. The whole blind chick. She doesn't need her eyes because she judges you by what she feels and knows is right. But anyways, uh, and Saturn being in Libra, I talked about that almost extensively on this channel, and there's so much more to get into on that, actually. That's one of those shows I never finished that I really need to. Um, but they believe in astrology. Um, they, um, to, to counter them, we also have to use astrology and tarot and these magical traditions, witchcraft, anything, any self-initiation that's for self-transformation. Um, because I've said it before, the Christian doctrine or any religion similar that has similar things is used to hold people in place and say, I will talk to the divine for you. Don't worry about it. Or just believe in Jesus and you're saved. Or... You know, there are some ones, some of them out there that do have transformation aspects to them and actually talk about the planets and all that, but they still are using it to control you. Um, and you got to use the same thing that they're using because they know it works. It's the whole reason that he went into that whole 9-11 thing. It wasn't to prove that Saturn in Gemini is an evil placement. It's to prove that they use astrology, that astrology happens. And it's not these coincidental things. Um, but just like we, just like uh, a lot of people tease um, Christians about, you know, them waiting for Jesus to come. You know, everybody's like, Jesus is not going to come. The awakening happens inside you. But yet, you know, maybe not so much anymore, but you know, around the 2012 time, uh, there was a lot of new age people still waiting for this conscious shift to come almost in the same fashion. Like, oh, it's not going to be Jesus coming. It's going to be a conscious awareness. That's how you ascend. And they thought this big wave was just going to come and wake everybody up. So it's the same about the conscious uh, shift or, or disclosure or this mass awakening. Um, now I'll, I can't prove this, nor do I want to, to start any conspiracy, but I know there's truth, um, magic, ancient knowledge in some new age, but it's been hijacked, or at least steered in some ways as waiting for Jesus, the same thing, and that's one of the things they did, um, the new age, which is new age of Aquarius, or should, that's what it should stand for, new age of Aquarius, um, out um no one will believe in 
because it's this new age movement happened, right? Um, because whoever our controllers are, I don't, I don't want to give them a name, um, but whoever they are, um, because they know astrology, they knew this is going to happen. You know, they knew this is going to happen. They know what the internet that it was going to get out there. So what do they do? How do they? How do they? Well, they knew they had to get on top of it. Um, come out, get on top of it. They had to control it and guide it. This is why we should turn to old esoteric alchemy, witchcraft, ceremonial, you know, kin, chaos, magic, occult philosophies for the truth and systems that work. One, one may not work for you, but there's a hundred to choose from, if not more. And if anyone starts judging, trolling your spiritual spirituality, unless like they've done it and they're just telling you they're doing it wrong, but if they just start telling you to stop or says the devil or this and that or you're doing it wrong, um, don't 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 let them don't get involved or jump on the bandwagon because uh, it's probably someone paid or practices some astrology magic that wants the masses waiting for something that will never happen it's just going to be to 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 steer you away um i'm not saying that that these witch wars and magician wars and that's what that is but i have a big feeling in the pit of my stomach that you got two really good witches sometimes that are fighting because of an outside uh, source who's keeping them separate so they don't unite or one which is the good witch and the other one is a fucking fake and it's trying to get other real witches against this person or magician or whatever and once again can't ever prove that i mean you probably could if you really tried but uh, i'm just i'm just throwing it out there but uh magical practitioners should unite and and we need to um we need to do it now at ha as you heard, um, may say, uh, you know, as you may have heard, uh, people say take up arms and is the fastest way to actually take away your arms. You know, there are people, even magical people, thinking that, you know, we're going to need guns to protect ourselves and shit like that. And I can't tell you if that's true or not. Uh, I, I'm kind of on the Max Egan philosophy of um, non compliance. Um, but like, uh, how do you say that? It's not beautiful non-compliance. It's, it's, it's peaceful, peaceful non-compliance, peaceful non-compliance and behind their back magic is my philosophy. Um, I'll get into that in a second, but, uh, by taking up arms and fighting back, it's going to turn into the civil war thing. Um, why do you think a few videos ago, I put on that one video about the great Tartaria and he talked about the civil war there. And it being backwards. <laughs> I'm not in the States. And I don't know the history. So I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I'm just, I just put the video out there. And you can make your own decisions. And do your own research. But in that. It tells you to watch Gangs in New York. To really see what the sentiment was like in the North. Which is a movie. So take, take it or leave it. Um, but there's pictures of children fighting. And they weren't so much forced to go into the war for the South. They were protecting their home. He showed a picture of a little guy, and it brought me to tears. And this guy was yelling, home, as he, as he, as he lost his life. You know, that breaks my fucking heart. 
and things like that that almost made me think oh, to me that's probably actually what happened and that's why I made that video I made comments on it saying that you know the invaders always claim defense but yet the invaders when they win they get to rewrite history you know we we claim self-defense for World War II yet we were overseas fighting the battle uh, in Germany and in all those other places. The one thing that happened during World War II was Pearl Harbor got bombed, but that was close as it came. Everything else happened over there, but yet that was in defense, fighting for our freedom, but our freedom was never attacked. Um, so anyways, uh, just a little fruit for thought there. Um, but if we use magic, um, the system they use, and magic, they'll, they'll see it coming, maybe, I don't know, but no one gets hurt or loses their guns, or martial law gets implemented, you know? It's up to you on how, um, I believe instead of going out and making covens, or, I mean, I do believe in covens to unite people and teach and all that, that's not what I'm saying, but I mean, I'm going to go out and get all, a bunch of covens together, have this big sit down and, and coordinate, well, We've tried that twice, uh, according to Birch, maybe even more, but I watch Birch's videos and he talks about um, how oh, fucking um, Gerald, but Ger Gerald Butler, or Gerald Butler, fucking guy, uh, the witchcraft guy, man, I can't believe, uh, this is this is so disrespectful and I'm so sorry, um, but anyways, whenever he had uh, all his witches, when he retired after, you know, studying philosophies and spiritualities all his life, he came up with uh, a lot of what Wicca is now. Um, but they did the same thing. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. World War II and saying, I think it was that they didn't want Hitler to come to London. And it, it never happened. But it was still a pretty bad war. Um, and in Vietnam, during Vietnam time, most people are not. There'd be whoever you is the evil doers of the world. But... Uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you how to do it unless you know you private message me, and then maybe we could talk about a, a way to do something. But but um, you want to change the world, and if you think just not focusing on it is not enough, like Max says, you have to be get involved. You can't just sit at home meditating in a way. Um, but you do have to fix yourself first. You do have to fix yourself. You have to do the self-transformation process. But if you are worried about world events and bad things happening, well. You got magic. You got, use your magic. Do a sigil to change whatever person who is oppressing some person that you know of, you know, for it to not be so anymore, you know.
uh, or whatever the case may be, turn it around, uh, do some magic to to help the awakening process go get bigger or whatever. You know, like once again, you don't want to go against other people's wills. If people aren't ready to awaken yet, they're not ready to awaken yet. If those people aren't supposed to become um, evolved and awake, well, then they're not supposed to. So this is. This is a, a choppy territory, um, but I just don't want to see a bunch of people go out there, get the wrong idea, try to make a militia, and go fight against people that 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 they're just going to end up getting killed and make things worse. You know, um, if you're into magic and you've manifested things, you know you can. Well, something you should really start thinking about is, well, how can you really help the world? How can you help the world get better? Because I see the world getting so much better that the opposition is going to get get pretty bad soon. It's gonna it's gonna get intensified. Um, and I'm not gonna say precisely what I've seen um, come to me or what I've been told, but I see some things happening. You know, to really push us in in the direction of non-compliance, but to, it may not necessarily be peaceful. Um, so I don't want it to get there. So I'm trying to make a preemptive strike, I guess, against that and try to get people to use their magic instead of their magic being used against them to propagate more fear. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, everything they say is going to happen is just there to create fear. Because if you're in fear, then you're never going to get out of this. You're going to keep working. You're going to keep hoping for the best. You're going to keep praying the wrong way. And you're going to keep thinking these people are evil. And when you praise them by calling them the Illuminati or the Enlightened Ones or, or sort of the powers that be, whatever the case is, even if you're calling them fucking blood-sucking, dirty fucking aliens, they may have took that term and turned it into a good thing. I mean, anybody who practices magic can turn that. I could start calling myself, say, okay, every time someone says the Illuminati, I want some of that power. I'm sure I'm created enough to make a sigil to make that happen for me, and I could suck some of that power away from them, which might be one of the ways to, to help this process, if there really is an Illuminati. But that's kind of besides the point. Well, no, that's actually the actual point. But um, we don't need to identify um one one prop with one statement um one uh sorry prop we don't need to identify one problem you know with one statement because there's so many problems and because we're so many different people we're all going to have different issues we want done first so that's why this is kind of the best way to do it yeah we could all get together and work on one problem at a time and there is power in numbers and doing that so that could totally work so i'm not i'm not against that idea either i just don't think it's going to be easy to coordinate we might run into the same problems last time but if everybody is identifying something that they don't like that's going on and it fixes their personal circumstances and everybody's becoming happier and there's less bad shit out there well then great i mean that's that's a step forward i would say but but anyways that's just um a little proof for thought i guess to on how to do this stuff you know you should totally focus on your own shit first you know fixing your life uh, manifest what you want use your passion if your passion just happens to be you want to help the world become a better place because for some reason you don't have to worry about money or you know you're through the self-transformation and you're off grid now and you realize that all your possessions are really owning you you know, you can have the house and the cars and stuff that I have, but you still have to find a way to keep paying for them. 
and you know you gotta keep slinging money spells or sling a fucking spell to give you the job that's just gonna keep paying for this stuff and it's a job you like so that you're contentful and great and then well if that's the case then yeah maybe you should try focusing your magic on something like that you know Helping fucking something. It doesn't have to be going against the evil in the world. It could be fixing something the evil has hurt some people, some some damage, some 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 uh, affected you know people that had some tragedy happen to them that wasn't by Mother Nature, or maybe it was. Uh, whatever you want to do, really. And you know, it doesn't matter if we're left hand path, for right hand path, or for calling we're the middle path in the fucking center, whatever the case, and any old mythologies, whatever. Whatever we are, we should all get together because there could be a coup against us, as Birch keeps saying. I don't think so, but you never know. You know, um, I do know that they they don't want people to do this stuff. Um, it's gonna be very hard to target. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm in Canada. I'm not in the states, but I do think that there is something that could potentially happen soon. Um, I don't know if it's because this election's coming up in the States and um, well, I'm in Canada, but I know that, you know, last time certain alignments lined up, there was some bad stuff that happened and now same alignments are about to happen again. And, you know, as you heard him talk about the, the 9-11 thing, it's, uh, it's kind of the way they work, right? It's not necessarily, um, you know, you can say, you can blame it on the stars and the planets all you want, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's people using certain placements to do certain bad deeds more than anything. Um, but anyways, um, think whatever you think is the worst evil, then bring it down. You know, uh, we can bring down all these evils overnight if we all maybe not overnight, but depending on how everybody's uh, you know whatever they're going against, however fast it takes to manifest, and then they'll let it go. And this is, you know, if you're working on the self-transformation process and doing all the other things, you know, and you just make simple sigil or candle magic for this, well, then you're going to forget about it, you know, especially if it's not something imminent against you. You know, trying to make money because you need to pay a bill, something you're going to have a hard time forgetting. But something that's happening overseas that you don't really see, but you know is happening, that you're trying to do magic for, you're not really going to know when the results are going to happen. You're not going to spend too much time thinking about it. So it might have a profound effect, really big effect. And even though you don't notice it, it still helps. Anyways, 9-11 was done in accordance with Saturn entering Gemini and then leaving. Um, it this tells... Oh, sorry. And the times... The f they fell were in accordance with the eighth and the ninth house, as you heard Santos say. And I checked it up, and it's he's right. That's pretty crazy. I didn't know that until I I heard this thing. Um, so that this proves that that um, they use the elites use astrology. Whoever they are, I'll just say elites. Um, they use astrology for you know the court building for everything. So if they are doing this, well, maybe they know. All is mind. All is in the mind of God, or or the all. Therefore, we don't really die. I mean, even when we die, we don't really die. Um, we reincarnate in the World Trade, technically, World Trade Center, uh, where they're trading money. Um, some of it is from our birth certificate, soul money, if you will. Um, now, I'm not saying that they're evil and they should have died because you know. 
um, of my emotional empathy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I get tears in my eyes every time I, I, I watch or even right now thinking about it. Um, all the people that died and lost family members, you know, it's, it's fucking terrible if it's just a false flag and it's just for whatever, even if they try to say what I'm about to say, but, um, uh, sorry, who believe, um, sorry, I uh, this, but to the people who believe or in astrology, but for sacrifice, then the stars and planets and money, greedy people doing and bad, and from that we may take people up so they can ascend. Oh, shit, sorry, I wrote some things down and it's not making sense. That's what I was just saying. But what I meant by that was, you know, uh, technically, you know. The the nine the nine eleven trade center you know Jesus whenever you first went in that temple he tipped over the fucking thing saying you shouldn't be doing things with money, uh in in a, in a church or whatever so by them you know Gemini the two towers the twin towers Gemini is the sign of the twin the Roman numeral two, um, um you know good and bad it's both right and these people are trading you know stuff on the stock like i said it's it could be bad money it could be evil men it could be greed whatever you consider and you know maybe this is how the elites can get away with something like this by you know saying that you know they're taking out people that are too focused on money you know they're they themselves are playing the gemini or they're making the money using the money and they're using this whole thing to propagate uh, you know, let's say, well, we're going to take this down and this is going to force people to wake up because they're going to think it's a conspiracy. And so, yes, we're killing people, but we're killing greedy people. And at the same time, we're going to help ascend people, you know. Georgia Guidestone says we need to live under this, so we're actually helping Mother Nature out and then we're going to help people ascend, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's that's my opinion of what these people did and why they did it and it's still a tragedy because no one should have to die for any hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ready to ascend or for someone's wrongdoing. Like he said, peaceful non-compliance. Even when he was talking about somebody he knows who was in jail for that story, he told you all to go look at you know, he said he didn't even want to hurt the people that raped her, which is a hard thing to not do, because it made me want to go fucking hurt them, um, but, you know, that's how people, when they get involved, are, when they realize what you really are, there's no reason to go around hurting people anymore, and doing these things, you know, and Saturn, 
you know, people are going to listen to this and think Saturn's evil, even though I said it's not. Even though I said Saturn's not the perpetrator, it's the people using Saturnite energy to get away with this, or Gemini energy. They built these twin towers, and what what was it? Let me go back to the numbers. I wrote them down because they're always obviously relevant. Numbers are huge. Numbers, words, it's all the way we're controlled. So yeah, the Gemini is the third sign of the zodiac, right? There's that three again, but yeah, it's the twin towers. It's the numeral, num, uh, Roman numeral two. So they built it in 1971, and then two years later, they opened it in 1973. And then 30 years later, there's a three. They took down the Gemini, number three, 33. That's a relevant number. Um, they took it down. Boom. So there's a lot there. I mean, they even took down a third tower as well. I wasn't even connected to that. Just to get another three in there. You know what I mean? And I don't know, was that building seven? Or uh, seven, tower seven down the road? I think it was. Seven is uh, the number of Saturn. Um, and if it was the number nine tower, then, you know, that would just be like 9-11. But anyways, um, uh, and, you know, 2001 also makes a three. If you add the two and the one and the two zeros to that. So, you know, 30 years later, there's one of three. Three plus zero is three. And then 2001 makes another three. So, uh, 33 there. And then Gemini is a third sign. And, you know, they took down three towers that they think is the hill. You know what I mean? The planets are there for us to use to our benefit. And if you choose to use them for other people's uh, descent or other people's, I mean, it's it's not the the planets is what my mom, my um, castle, um, Quantico, uh, criminal minds, you know, CSIs, and uh, numerous times they thought there was terrorist cells. They'd find dirty bombs and shit like that. So it's not going to be a radical thing to put in people's minds, especially people that watch these shows, because their subconscious is not going to know the difference between real and fake, once again, and then they start seeing little acts like this all around the place, and the media starts saying the same thing, and it's like, oh, fuck, we saw this, and, you know, it's just... It's, it's not going to be hard for people to buy. And I like how Max talked about, you know, it's not the people's fault. And because I do the same thing, I like to, I, I, I get a little arrogant sometimes and I like to think I'm better than people that, that have an sense and judge, be a little judgy sometimes. I don't think I judge too much, but I do think I can be an asshole to people that just throw things away and don't even do research. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Everybody will ascend when the time is right, but it's not those who. Don't ascend when you want them to ascend to ascend's fault. You know, you gotta love them for what they are and remember that you were just like that. You know, no one came up to me and talked about me about magic and I turned it down and then I found it. So I was never an arrogant dick to anybody about it and then finally realized the truth or anything like that. But I understand that I was just, I was a dick in so many other ways. So, anyways, I think I'm gonna leave that there for today because I wanna play one more thing for you. Um, and it sums up a lot of what I just said. So uh, I hope you enjoy. I'm going to be back on tomorrow with no clips. And it's just going to be straight talking about all the info I've been putting down here randomly. It's going to be a very random episode because I'm just going to go from topic to topic. But with the way my mind works and being in it, a Mercury day, I'm probably just going to hit a topic and expand the fuck out of it. 
and then keep getting correspondences as I go. And then when it's, they stop from my mom, my wife, or you know, say I say something about Birch because I said a lot about Birch. And if it's not, and he agrees with, you know, I don't want to offend him that way. Let's say he doesn't care that I'm sharing some of his stuff, but then he hears something I say. And like I said today, about the arms, you know, he says that people should take up arms. It's his opinion. He's got that right. And, and I believe in having a gun in your house to protect your family if you, you know, if you if you think you, if you need it. But I don't believe in you know making a little militia and going out there against these people because they only show you half of what they got. They got a hell of a lot more that they're not telling us when it comes to weapons, when it comes to technology, when it comes to everything. I mean, they would be stupid to let us have the exact same shit they have because then we could overthrow them a hell of a lot easier. The day comes we do try to overthrow them, they're gonna have so many options to throw at us that fucking squash it in a second. But, anyways, I'm gonna try to stay away from these kind of topics for now. I want to get right back to the magic. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Now, here's a little more of Max and Santos. Alright, see you guys tomorrow. I have you for, for the. Santos Bonacci for the next two hours, and I have very special guests lined up today. Uh, and so, um, and I will have also toward the end of the show. It's uh, only an hour and fifteen, not two hours. The last segment, he is going to be looking after the shows while I'm away in Ecuador for the month of May. So he'll be joining us to um, share with you the uh, great guest that he's got lined up. Uh, to present some great shows on American Freedom Radio. So thanks for joining. It's April the 24th on uh, Wednesday here in, in Melbourne, 12 uh, p.m. And great weather here in Melbourne. Uh, five days till I fly off to Ecuador. So I am very excited, preparing my suitcase as I speak. And um, just really looking forward to a great time making a documentary on syncretism science of light and also we'll be doing some presentations in Ecuador so I'm very excited about this and without further ado I have my very special guest and great friend today Max Egan welcome Max nice to be on the show again Santos thanks for asking me yeah look it's um it's a pleasure and uh I'm just uh, excited to have you because for one reason too is that uh, I in- interviewed my neighbor last week on this show, and his name is Fetar Sabawi. He's Palestinian, and uh, he has made a great documentary called Return to Gaza, and uh, we've had many conversations over the fence <laughs> uh, with Fetar, and um, he, the documentary won many awards around the world, and he's currently making a new one, which is dealing with the war that happened uh, a few years ago there, and where uh, twelve or 1,300 people perished in that war. And he's got raw footage and lots of great new information, and he's going to make a repeat, um, or he's going to make a, a second um, documentary 
on that subject. And he's Palestinian and he's seen the suffering. And I spoke to him about you and Ken O'Keefe because you were there last year and you uh, actually uh, were in those tunnels underground that you have to go through to get to Gaza. And I remember you saying that you thought to yourself, what the hell am I doing here? Am I going to come out of this alive? And yet, you know, you were able to, to do so and you built some benches and desks and what have you for, for the schools there. And uh, Fatah was very happy to hear that. And so, um, yeah, fresh on the heels of that, I've, I've got... Again, so um, I'm honoured and uh, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's always a pleasure, mate. Look, people have got to pay attention to what's going on in Gaza. It was really interesting going in there the way we did because we sort of didn't go in through any official means. It was probably pretty stupid when I think back on it. I mean, it's probably not one of the more intelligent things I've done, but, you know, we sort of sneak into a war zone so you can help the kids. But I'm really glad that I did it, you know, because it was it was a really enriching experience. I do hope to go back there within the next couple of months. I'm actually still in contact with a lot of the people from Gaza. I got a video call from someone... Just yesterday, actually, a couple of uh, a couple of Muslim ladies in Gaza called me to say hello, tell them that they're uh, they're graduating from the university soon. Some of the university students that I interviewed over there, I made some great friends amongst these kids and amongst some of the teachers and some of the families over there while I was there. Great people, and I'm hoping to Where? go back there this year. Oh, great! Where can people see those videos you made? Because I remember I was following you as you were overseas, and I watched them all. And they're just great. You and Ken were just having a ball. Um, where can people click on those to have a look at those? Well, they're on the crowhouse.com, my website. They'll find them on YouTube. Just just look for Max Egan and Ken O'Keefe Gaza. Just do a search for that, hey. and you should find two or three videos hey. that we made while we were over there. We did one called 10 Days in Gaza, which just sort of highlighted the trip and, and a little slide. bit of what we did and what we saw while we were there. And we slide. did another one where it was a, a breakdown of a... a a Zionist lobbyist in the uh, in the United States, sort of trying to push for war in Iran. We just saw this clip and we couldn't believe it, so we made a little satire of it while we were on the rooftop in Gaza. And we made another one just called uh, Freestyle Gaza Rooftop, where it was the day after we arrived, or two days after we arrived. And we were just there. We thought, well, we snuck into this place. We probably should let the world know that we're here. So we <laughs> made a video and put it up on YouTube. You know, just just to let the people in Gaza know we were there as well. I mean, just to let everybody know where we were. So we kind of uh, yep. went in there by no official means at all. So um, you know, quite quite off our own accord. So uh, it was it was kind of an interesting thing to do. It was a little bit sort of spy versus spy. We didn't go through any of the official tunnels that you see on television or you hear about any of the Hamas-controlled tunnels. What we went through was a tiny little dirt tunnel. It was over a kilometre long, and you had you had to crawl through. You were like 50, 50 metres underground, and it was it was only high enough to crawl most of the way. And so it wasn't wasn't any of the official tunnels. Just was made by kids basically. And it was so wow. it, was a, it was a really interesting experience, you know. And I had no idea where it'd even be or where we came out. Like you know, we were kind of bundled in and bundled out and. You kind of looked at it and thought, well, I wonder if I'm crawling into my own grave here because it's just this little tunnel. And you think, well, I don't know how long it's going to be. 
I shined the torch down, and it was pretty long. And you think, oh, well, it's pretty long. But after you've been in there for almost an hour, you start to go, how long is this tunnel going? So uh, it, was, it was kind of an interesting, uh, interesting journey to be underground mm-hmm. long in, in those sort of conditions. But it was, would, really, it was really worth it, though, you know. I would love to have done it. I'm very, very adventurous. Uh, the kind of things I did when I was growing up in the in country Victoria, oh, look, you think that's crazy? I, I used to jump off bridges, do somersaults and land in a, a river that was only sort of, you know, five foot of water or something like that. Uh, I used to ride, I used to bolt on virtually um, racehorses bareback chasing kangaroos in my, um, my uncle used to have a property nearby on a hill and uh, kangaroos everywhere. You imagine me just bolting. I didn't. I refused to have a saddle, and I've fallen off so many times. <laughs> I should have been dead. But um, yeah, yeah, I would love that adventure. Um, yeah, it, Matt, it, was, it was a real adventure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Ken's uh, latest beautiful, say, ten-minute video on Iran? Have you seen that one? Yeah, fantastic. It's great that he went yeah. there to the conference, the Hollywoodism conference, and he gave the people a real vision of, of what Iran's really like. Uh, people need to know what, what it's like. I mean, what, what, it's, it's a beautiful place. I mean, people need to know what, what the Arab world is really like. You can find a, a link in the links and articles on my website. Um, I'll find it for you and I'll give you the exact name of it. But it just shows how deeply propaganda reigns and how much damage we've done. It's called From Afghanistan to Syria, Women's Rights, War Propaganda and the CIA. And if you take that link or if you Google that title, you'll find an article which shows what Afghanistan was in the 70s, okay? You've got women walking around in, in miniskirts and, and normal college clothing with their hair out, wearing jewellery, and it's, it's a Western society. It's a perfectly normal, Western, vibrant society where everybody's free. And then you see what happened after the West got involved. And you see the suppression of women, where women are forced to wear burqas, and it became all very, very hard line. And then, of course, the West pushes, well, look, we've got this problem in the Middle East. It's all very, very hard line, and women are suppressed. We need to go in and save the women and save the people. So we're going to wage war against these countries. They're all very progressive countries. You look at Iran back in uh, 1954, when Mossadegh was in charge of Iran, before he was deposed by the CIA. It was the first successful coup the CIA ever pulled off was actually the dispossession of Mossadegh, the overthrow of the Mossadegh government and the imposition of the Shah in 1954. And and Iran was a progressive nation, a free nation of free-thinking people. There was no religious oppression. There were no hardliners. It was all going along just fine until they decided they wanted to keep the oil for their own country. So, you see, we've created all of these extremist conditions. We've found the extremists. The West has found the extremist factions and we've promoted them to become the main government of these regions. It's all been done by the West. You know, it's all been puppeteered, the whole thing, in order to create this East-West conflict. But you've got to look back and see the damage that we've done and how it's all been set up. You can't blame any of these people. It's been an ongoing plan. It's like a, it's like a social pathogen that's injected into certain societies to mould them into a certain way and it affects these societies in a certain way. And it is, it's literally like a psychic pathogen that infects people. And then you pit them against each other, you know, divide and conquer, order, add, KO, the whole thing. I mean, that's the way it works. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I saw a great documentary a couple of days ago where it showed how the Bush family, the Kennedys and all of these, um, Joseph Kennedy, that is, the father of JFK, he was more sort of criminally minded. <laughs> uh, but um, the Bushes and all of these, Har Harriman, the railroad people and, and Carnegie and all of these families, they actually funded, um, they funded the Bolsheviks, they funded three three powers, the Bolsheviks, the Nazis at, at, the, at the beginning, and the, um, was it the um, Husseinis or the Wasabis in, in uh, Arabia? And all for, um, all for oil, all for, uh, for power, and uh, it's, it's been exposed now. It's very, very uh, open now, and many people know this. The, the history of bloodshed that we've had... <clears throat> For the last hundred years or so has come from these uh, corporate families, the money families, and all of these horrible coups like the one you just mentioned in Iran for oil, um, you know, is masterminded by these criminal gangs, this, the alphabet gangs, and never forget the, the Jesuits. They're always behind all of the trouble. I mean, they, they will be the masterminds behind it all, you know, really. Um, everything for the Vatican. You know, so you can lump the Zionists, the Bilderbergers, the CIA, Mossad, and all of these creepy entities in there. You know, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that, Max. What's your... Look, I think, I think they're all part of the same mechanism. I think that when we look at the Vatican, we're looking at a, a mechanism rather than a group of individuals. I mean, there's a group of individuals that are in control of these mechanisms. These, these individuals are complete psychopaths, of course. You could look at things such as the predator mind. If you look at Castaneda's work, and look at the work of people like John Lash, the concept of the archons, the archonic mind that controls a lot of these sort of people. I mean, it's, it's very likely that something like that's going on. See, what the real problem is, is, is the mechanism itself. You know what I mean? The mechanism is so diabolically clever. You know, where, where, do, we, where do we go with it? I mean, what, what we've got to do is realise that it's there and realise that it's, it's, it's fiction, really. I mean, it only exists on paper. We can, we can deal with all of this. I really believe we can if we understand that it's, it's just paper. It's just, even the government, the government isn't real. The government only exists in a book. People with expensive suits go to these big buildings that set up these magnetic fields and these geometric fields around them, makes them feel important, and they look at these books and they do what these books tell them. If they can't find something in there to, to do, then they create something and they put it in the book and say, well, now it's in the book, it's law. It means I can now do this, you know. And that's all governments do is they make rules. They just make more and more rules. It, it's, it's a self-perpetuating system, but it's all fiction. Ultimately, it's all fiction. It only exists on paper. So it's kind of hard to get that through to people. But, you know, that, that's, that's, what we, uh, that's what we need to uh, get through to people. It's difficult. Yep. It, it, it's a pathogen, though. I mean, all of this stuff, it's a, we've got social pathogens, economic pathogens, religious pathogens, you know. And, I mean, you can look at the whole system and, it, it, I mean, I've pointed the finger at so many people for so many years about who to blame for all this. But really, what the problem is that we've got a, a case of mass mind control where people are quite literally living in a paper-based matrix that only exists on paper, just rules that were written down. It's a paper-based reality. And that they're kept under, under mind control believing that this, this reality is real. And it's not. And, and really, all the people you point your finger at, ultimately it's yourself because you've got the power to change all of this by stepping into the power that you have. 
by realizing that your creator, whatever you perceive that to be, created your consciousness, which which created society, which created government. All of this is man-made. Everything below man is fiction. We created the whole thing. We made it all up. So we have the power to change that, you know, but we, we, we can't respect ourselves. We don't believe in the power of ourselves, and we, we can't respect others because we're kept locked into these um, economic and social pathogens. We judge ourselves by certain rungs that we've attained on the social ladder, which is all related to the whole economic pathogen. We've got a profit from everybody. Everybody's kept in shortage, which is the, the purpose of money, to keep people in scarcity. So they're always kept in competition with each other. They exploit each other. Even like things like multi-level marketing, you know, we turn, up, turn all your friends into a commodity, turn them all into a business opportunity. What a great way to live, yeah. you know? Hey, so, hey I've got to, share, got to share with you, I was with Amway. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, these sorts of things, this is what they're designed to do. They lock you into that economic pathogen, whereby you start seeing everybody as a business opportunity. It's all about money. Yep. And once you start collecting money, that affects your mind like a pathogen, no matter how much you have. Well, I thought I was going to need this much for my security, but now I'm thinking about it. I reckon I might need a little bit more. And now I've got that. Okay, I think I'm going to need more because deep down inside, you know, that you're eventually you're going to be dispossessed as well, you know. And so we all mollycoddle and 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 we look up to the people above us in our in our business world because we think once once the rung falls from under us, if we're nice to these guys, they'll help us. They'll give us a helping hand up. But they won't because they know that they're going to fail as well eventually. And so people yep. looking at their their slave masters, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. You know, where the celebrities walk in, the Queen walks in, we know she's a slave trader. She owns trillions of dollars, all these people starving and dispossessed all around the world. And here's, here's her driving around in gold carriages, owns three quarters of the world. And um, we all go, oh, isn't she lovely? No, no, she's a slave trader and you've all got Stockholm Syndrome. That's the problem, and, you know. And to boot, she eats your babies that she steals. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to go there, but um, the fact, oh, I fact... certainly, I certainly will. I certainly will. Hey, um, I remember just talking about uh, Amway there. Um, I remember you said preying on people. Yeah, I remember preying on my family even, you know, to join so that I could be, you know, uh, financially secure. This is only like... Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps. You know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like six or seven years ago, um, Max, it's just incredible. Uh, and now I open my eyes and realize that they are a pathetic pyramid scheme with uh, criminal intentions, basically, manipulating people. That's all it is. All right, folks. First break. We'll come back in a few short minutes. Thank you. We are talking about how to get off Maggie's farm with Max Egan and uh, beautiful summation 
of geopolitics and the way things really are in the first segment, Max. Uh, beautiful the way that flowed from your lips. Um, <laughs> best 10 minutes of summation of what's really going on around the world. We touched on the uh, religious side of things through the break. Um, how about we do a bit of that? Because I go after them too. So um, I love love hearing you dissect them. Well, yeah, the, what we were talking about before with the economic, if you can think of the economic uh, understanding, the economic system is a pathogen. It affects your mind in a certain way. It makes you view everybody as a business opportunity. It keeps you in shortage so that no matter how much you've got, you've never really got enough. You know, and it also creates uh, social division. So that once you start accumulating things, it, it allows you to, to insulate yourself from the people below you on the social rung. So as they get discarded, you think, well, hang on, I can't really help you because I don't quite have enough. But allow, you know, you allow people to be discarded below you, and eventually it just keeps going up the chain. So we we end up, you know, we we mollycoddle to those above us hoping that they will rescue us when our time comes, but of course they won't, because inside they know they know that they're not the leaders either. They know that they may lose everything as well. You know, we become fearful of homeless and all this sort of stuff. But as we get discarded, we, we perceive that it's okay, because it says in the religious systems that we have to be discarded, things have to get really bad, but it's okay because once our backs are really, really to the wall and everything looks like it's all lost, then a miraculous supernatural figure is going to appear and perform a superhuman action which is suddenly going to save everybody and the whole world will be saved. And it's okay, we have to let it get bad. We have to love those who oppress us. That's basically what a religion tells us to do. But it's okay because a, super, a superhuman off-world figure is going to come down and save you. Don't you think you can do anything? Because you can't. Because you're flawed. You're just a human. You made all these mistakes. See, it says so in this book. You know? See, we're enslaved to the written word. We know what we're taught to know. And we, it says here in this book that this is the way reality works, so we adopt that reality on as our own, and we allow the world to be degraded around us and humanity to be discarded at the whim of the, the social and economic pathogens that affect people's mind by the mechanism of the religious pathogen that's fed to us. It tells us this is how it has to all be. But it's okay because this, this figure is going to come and save you. And this is, this is in all of the religions, all the main religions, like the, you know, Judaism, you know, Islam, uh, Christianism, all of them talk about uh, a saviour coming from an external source. It's always a patriarchal figure. It's always based in, in pain and redemption. And if you look at the Christian <laughs> symbolism, I mean, you've got people wearing this, this dead, tortured man around their neck. It's, it's, it's grotesque. It is. It's, it's shocking. You know, people are, are worshipping pain and suffering. And they're, they're making you think that it's okay to suffer. Suffering is good because suffering, it says the meek shall inherit the earth. Those who allow suffering to be given to them and brought upon them and those who stay in a state of Stockholm syndrome for those who are oppressing them, you know, will go to heaven. It says so. And you worship this suffering and this pain and you, you have statues of it and, and this tortured man on this, this cross everywhere, it's, it's, it's sick. It really is. Hey, um, Max, you might be Celsus, the second century uh, philosopher incarnated, because I'm just flicking through his book and everything you said is coming right out of his book. Uh, this is the second century philosopher, listeners, uh, Celsus. You might want to get it. It's called Celsus on the True Doctrine, a Discourse Against the Christians. Because they were ignoramuses back then too, you know, <laughs> for all this 
you know, crap that's been written into our history that they were martyrs and and great individuals. Yeah, the Gnostic Christians were, but not the morons that the uh, <laughs> the Roman elite were churning out by the gazillions to undermine freedom forevermore. Uh, Celsus pointed out this. He said they're, they're just a, a bunch of morons who, you know, are waiting for someone to come along and basically wipe their bums because they're just so incompetent and incontinent. Um, you know, I won't read anything. I'll spare you that because I want to listen to you. But um, for the listeners, I just had to put that in there. And Max, you probably might want to get that book. You get it on Amazon for about 10 bucks. Rest assured, if you read this book, you will think that it was from today, from modern, modern times. He was writing just exactly, he calls them clubs and cliques and, and how they, you know, the only thing they have in common is the name Jesus and Christ, but there's so many sects and clubs that they go about slandering each other and, and, um, and rubbishing each other that there's just so much confusion. And this is 2,000 years ago. And we're yeah. still on air, on radio now, still having to deal with this subject of the churches and their moronic enslavement of humanity, the blind leading the blind. Well, it is. I mean, it is enslavement. I mean, I, I, I don't think the people. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so harsh as to call them morons. I don't think that's a, any way to uh, to get them back or to help them think clearly. But I mean, they're they're brainwashed. They're brainwashed into a doctrine, basically. I mean, it's it's been deeply ingrained into their psyche, and they're they're forced to believe this stuff. And really, it's it's drummed into a lot of these people from a very very early age. That's why I find it very difficult to judge people and, and in, in anything that we've done, anything that we do, any, any wrong that anybody's done, anybody. I mean, I look at the society, I say, well, this is what it breeds. You know, everybody, all the things that they've done are a product of this society because when you get human consciousness and you do what's been done to it, you know, of course, of course this is what you get. Everybody's kept in a state of scarcity, so they're all ripping each other off, they're all profiting from each other. It's all this whole big commercial ugliness. And that's, that's what you get. I mean, really, when you look at it, I mean, the, the Gnostics had a, a great look at it. I would debate the, the term Gnostic Christian, though, because I believe that a, 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 no true Gnostic was, was ever a Christian. I think that um, Gnosis and, and Christianity are diametrically opposed, uh, even as far as the, the God goes. I highly recommend people look into the work of John Lash. I think uh, John's done some fantastic research as far as Gnostics go. And like even when you look at the Nakamani, the Nakamani writings, I mean, I started reading the Nakamani writings around about the beginning of last year, and I kind of got halfway through them or three quarters of the way through them when I, I went away. And just before I went away, I, I discovered John Lash's work, and then I've, I've recently read his book where he gives a very, very good breakdown of the Nakamani writings from the perspective of a, of a Gnostic, because John Lash is a Gnostic, so... You look at the Nakamani writings, you find they're actually translated by Christians. So they've all got a Christian slant on them. When you look at it, you can think, okay, well, what are they, what are they really saying here? Because this has been given to me from a Christian perspective, you know? But, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Christianity, though, that I'm referring to is the ancient, ancient Christianity that came from the heart of Egypt thousands of years before Rome, you know, made it, uh, you know, an expression that it, it appeared to be a new thing on the scene. In fact, Augustine in the 4th century said, 
there was never a time on this planet that there was not Christianity. It has always been here because it's the science of light. And it's, and it's a sister of Judaism and Islam by virtue of it being the same science. And that's what I've proven in my presentations. You know, um, uh, it may have had a different name, but it's, it's all the same religion slash science. It's basically just pure science gone wrong. And the worst of it was <clears throat> the Christian period of the Romans, just an aberration. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, I mean, I, and I, I question science itself. I mean, really, if you, if you look at some of the, the stuff in the, in the Gnostic teachings, you know, the whole geometric reality that we live in, it, it's all very, very scientific. And, and it's, it's like there's something here that's attempting to reverse engineer reality, reverse engineer life, to find out how to create life. I mean, why is our science and modern science so directed at uh, mapping the human genome and attempting to find the God particle, like we're building bigger and bigger colliders to try to find a, you know, the God particle, what we're, what we're calling it, you know what I mean? Uh, what was a Higgs boson, they think they might have found a Higgs boson, but of course now they've found a Higgs boson, they're going to have to build a bigger collider so they can start colliding Higgs bosons together to see if there's a smaller particle. Because they've got a Higgs boson, but hey, how come it isn't conscious? How come it hasn't got the essence of life to it? Why can't I find the particle, the piece of matter, that will give me consciousness? You know, we, we want to be able to find a way of taking the rocks and the chemicals from, from reality and combining them in a way that will give us a being that is alive the way we are, that has a soul, that can think, that has consciousness. But we can't do it. Of course we can't do it, because consciousness isn't local to the body. Consciousness comes from the field. You know, so why, why is all of our science directed at this? You know, and, and really when you start looking at some of the, the Gnostic theory of why this is so, it's, it's quite remarkable. And from that, I mean, I, I see all, all religion as construct. I see all science as constructs. Some of the, the experiences that I had uh, during ceremony in Peru really, really confirmed this for me as well. And um, mm -hmm. recently, did you hear the talk that Graham Hancock did? Apparently, it was banned. Oh, yeah, of course it is. And and so was um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shel uh, the other guy, um, Sheldrake. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake. Sheldrake. Yeah. Well, what what Graham Hancock said in that was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it really, really is is amazing food for thought about how we actually started creating art when we started experimenting with entheogenic plants. Now, you know, he's, of course, been to all these places, and he's dated the artwork, so he, he would know more than most people because he's done a lot of research in this area. And, and when I, I heard him say that, that one of the most, uh, the biggest crimes that's been committed against humanity is, is the, the way we've been locked out of these high senses and locked away from these anthogenic plants, in his opinion, this government system that we've got has effectively changed mankind's destiny. It, it's, it's deprived us. <laughs> of living up to our destiny. These plants were put here in order for us to learn and to grow into what we, we should and could be. And we've been deprived yeah. from that. We've been sent down this total scientific-based mathematical reality where everything is a construct. Every, every single thing that's written in a book is a construct. Every mathematical program is a construct. All of this geometry that's all around us, it's all a construct, the whole lot of it. 
you know, and, and we should have higher instincts and higher senses, you know. If we if we were left to, to have pure bodies, eating pure food, living in a pure environment, we would have higher senses online, we would have more DMT active in our body, our instincts would be online, and we'd be communicating with reality in a completely different way to what we are. And that, that's what people are missing. I mean, even if we bring down this system, we've got so far to go to get us back to what we should do. And that's, that's what the, the big problem that we're facing. And, you know, really when you look at what's been done, it's so important that we, we rein this system in now, you know, this generation, because our kids are being programmed, unfortunately. They're being programmed into an electronic world from a very, very early age. And there's a lot of kids that are awake. I mean, a lot of the younger generation are out there doing it, but there's a lot of them as well. More and more programs. Maybe our kids getting lower and lower, and people just aren't prepared to think this way. They're living virtually in a matrix, you know, paper-based reality, a virtual reality, and there's so much more that we could be experiencing. And I think it's really important that our generation get up and make some noise. We've got to start respecting each other. We've got to start forgiving each other. Doesn't matter if people wronged you; they did so because of this system. Forgive them. Get over it. It's petty. It's nothing compared to what we face. The whole world needs to, needs to step back and just let all that stuff go. It doesn't matter what we did. It matters what we do. And we really do need to do something. We need to pay attention. And we could very, very easily fix it. You know, but the, the first thing we have to do is respect ourselves and respect each other. And until you truly respect yourself, you can't respect each other. And until you truly forgive yourself, you can't forgive those around you. And those who can't forgive just simply can't. Well, you know, someone did something against you, they did the crime, now you're doing the time. Why can't you forgive? Is, 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 are you infected by some type of psychopathic mentality where you believe all this fictional stuff is real? Because it's not. None of it's real. None of the social constructs are real. None of the material wealth. It's all prefab stuff that's going to break, you're going to lose it. It isn't you. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it doesn't, you don't own it. It owns you. The more stuff you own, the less you can do because you've got to worry about all your stuff, you know. So you can't go and do anything. You're never free because you've got all this stuff hanging off you that you don't need. You know, it's a construct. You've collected all this stuff because you think it gives you social standing. It doesn't. Your social standing is who you are. What about that? Why did you miss out on who you are and finding yourself because you thought it was in all this stuff? It doesn't matter what happens anyway because this, this supernatural being is going to come and save me in the end anyway, so that's all good, you know. Like, you can see what, what's happened to humankind, so... Yeah, we've got a long yep. way to go, Santos, to get back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have, Max. I'm aware of that. You know, um, I had a, a few great guests before the end of 2012, like Jay Widener and um, uh, John Anthony West, and we spoke about what could possibly happen uh, after the 21st of December 2012, and we were all positive and hopeful that um, we would have a great paradigm shift and we would be living in a much more... Um, you know, fraternal or brotherly, sisterly kind of world. Um, and, yes, there has been some great changes for sure, but we still see the one percenters and the cabal still resisting the changes and, um, and their supporters and foot soldiers are still happily, you know, clapping them on. Like you said, you know, people rock up to wherever the Queen is, you know, they turn up to, um, to celebrate her her crimes over us it's funny how we we love drops have done for you well yes i have uh and uh folks you're with uh special we're with uh, special guest max egan today 
So um, call lines are going to go open in the next segment. And um, if you want to ask a question, call in. Uh, do so uh, as quick as possible because <clears throat> Max will only be with us for two segments answering questions in the next hour. Um, and then we have uh, David Whitehead who will join me to uh, share with you the great lineup of guests that we've got for, um, for May as I will be un unable to um, host the shows. So... Oh, I probably may be able to join in, but I'm going to be pretty busy in Ecuador. There's a lot of work that, that we're going to be doing. So, um, yeah, caller lines will be opened up in the next hour. Thank you. Yeah, Max, so <clears throat> so we see that um, this, all the constructs of this solar system, um, you know, really they're just everything that's been handed down to us has, has been rather fictional. And... Um, People have been sold the lie and are participating in the lie. And you did mention something very nice in the, during the break and very forgiving, that um, if we look at ourselves 10, 20 years ago, uh, me in particular, I was a Jehovah's Witness uh, involved in building a house and, um, you know, doing the, the business things. I was selling homes you know, making good money, six figures, selling brand new homes as a salesman in the in the 90s. Um, and, you know, we were sold that illusion and we were climbing the social ladder. I remember buying new cars and, and all sorts of things. <clears throat> and so we can take a glimpse at how we were sold the fiction and we were participating in it. And that will help us to be more forgiving. So, good point there, Max. Well, you, you've you've got to. I mean, we were all stuck into this system at one stage. Everybody has done lots of things that they may regret because that's what this system gives you to 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 live. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. You, you're told that this is how reality works. Make it work. But sometimes you can't make it work. It just doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for some people. You find yourself profiting. You find yourself doing all these things. Because you think that this will bring you happiness, this will bring you success. And you really haven't been given an even playing field. So when you look at people that are asleep, people that argue, people that profit from you, people that do bad things, you can't really judge them because you haven't been given an even playing field. They're not even playing on an even playing field and they don't even know it. But they're a product of this society. You know, if we can put all that away and forgive each other and move forward, we can, we can change things. But you've got to look at the mistakes that you made. Like when you were a Jehovah's Witness, you were in the system. You, you didn't know. You, you were allowing all of this, this stuff to be perpetuated because you lived in your little bubble and reality worked that way for you. And you can look now and you can see that and you can go, yeah, wow, I, I was like that, but now I've woken up. But you see that with yourself. And so how can you judge yourself for anything you did while you're in that bubble? And when you really, truly see that about yourself, how can you judge anybody for what they did because they're all in that bubble? They're all a product of this system. You have to forgive them because you're not judging them on an even playing field. The way you didn't judge yourself on an even playing field, it doesn't matter what we did. It matters what we do. That's what we have to, we have to do. We have to get over this hump. But then we've got this ego thing, you know, we've got this whole, I was wrong, I was this, I was that, you know, whatever, you know, it, it's petty. We've got bigger issues to deal with. We really, really yeah. do. 
when you look at how far disconnected we are from reality and the damage that this system is doing to the planet because we are too busy bickering amongst ourselves over issues that are essentially petty that were created by the system in order to divide and conquer us, we see a bigger picture. We see that it is all petty, and if we would simply respect ourselves, and if you can really, really, truly forgive yourself of what you've done, and, and truly forgive yourself for who you've been at those worst times in your life, then you can forgive other people, because if you can truly do it to yourself because you see what reality is, then forgiving other people happens by default, because they're, they're not operating on an even playing field either. So, you know, once we do this and we, we really respect ourselves, then we can start respecting other people around us. Now, I, I would put it to you that if you don't respect other people and if you're having a hard time forgiving other people, it's because you don't really, truly respect yourself and, and, and wish to forgive yourself. Or if you, you might be pretending you do, but perhaps you don't fully forgive yourself. And perhaps you're scared of, of, of your own personal power because we all have this power of forgiveness and this power to change the power to see things as they really are. I mean, this is a construct. It's a matrix designed to do exactly what it's done. That's the mm. thing. You know, it's very, very clever. And it's been designed to divide us, and it's done a fantastic job. But ultimately, I believe all of the issues that people have with each other are essentially petty issues. Because when you really look at the condition of the planet, the condition of the human race, and, and what we're actually capable of, and how far we've been led from that, it's, it's all petty. We, we've got a lot to deal with here. We've got a long way to get back and we've got to put all this stuff behind it and let it go. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, it's, we do, we have a long way to go. The potential is just uh, amazing though. If you just stop and contemplate everybody getting it on the planet at the same time, which could happen, why not? Uh, it's highly unlikely. It's not probable, but it's possible. Because it is possible. It is possible. Mm. But they, they, they try to do stuff to make sure we're not all going to get it at the same time. They keep us in fear all the time. I mean, you know, look what exactly. just happened in Boston. I mean, look what's happening in the Middle East. Look what they're doing in Syria. Again, they're putting in another puppet government. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Syria. This is what we were talking about earlier in the in the first section when we talked about governments, how they put in these governments, and you were saying you know they they put, they put in these puppet regimes. They also set up new enemies, you know, because they they they're putting in a government now. They just announced they're going to what give a 123 million to the the rebels, the Syrian rebels in arms to help them. They've already said that we believe the Syrian rebels have links to Al Qaeda. So now they're, they're putting these guys in power. So then later on, you know, we, we can say, oh, look, no, we've got an al-Qaeda government, an al-Qaeda-backed government in Syria, so now we can go in there. So they keep people distracted with all this stuff, you know, and they set it up. 
They're setting up Syria so that they can go in there within the next couple of years. They'll set it all up. Oh, no, terrible. We've got an Al-Qaeda-backed government. But then everyone's been too distracted with their new PlayStations and everything to notice that the Obama regime gave this, this, these Al-Qaeda rebels $123 million to set up the new government. It's, it's mm. theatre. There's so much theatre going on. And it again, is, you know, the Boston bombing, it all, it all brings out this, this fear in people and keeps them distracted. Well, I saw, <clears throat> I saw the, um, the, the tribute that they had. The Red Sox had a game, the Boston Red Sox, and they had a game. And uh, they had all these uh, important, prominent uh, figures that were involved with uh, protecting uh, the city. You know, I think the mayor was there and the chief of police, and they were all lined up. And, and so he had one of the players who actually swore he used the F word, you know, and there would have been children in the stadium there, but he says, this is our effing city, and uh, congratulations to these people here. And he points to the, all the, the figureheads that were involved in, you know, so-called protecting the, um, the, the people of Boston. And rest assured, I mean, I don't speak for you, Max, but rest assured, listeners, that 90% of those people that were there were behind the actual theatre of that spectacular show you know and here they are getting crowds of people clapping them and egging them on and saying yeah good on you boston police you heroes you heroes and it's oh god it's ridiculous it's just so funny it looks like a looks like a kindergarten um level um job and yet people are falling for it it's all on the kindergarten level yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's that's just the way they play it. When I was uh, looking at the bombing, I mean, perhaps I'm a little bit biased because I, I look at all these things and I just expect them to be a false flag. So, I mean, I, I don't even like to comment on them anymore because I, I think, I just think that way now. I just look at them all and go, well, none of this makes sense. It's probably a false flag. But since Sandy Hook, I mean, Sandy Hook was, was spectacular because... Whether the children died, I, I can't make the call. Whether it was all actors, as some people say, I can't make the call. I don't know. All I'm looking at with Sandy Hook is the way it was played. There were certain things that were put in, in place. There was the, the footage of Gene Rosen rehearsing his lines that was put on, on YouTube. There was uh, just a lot of it. it. was It was played so that it looked like it was a conspiracy, whether it wasn't or not. And through the coverage that it got, we we're actually seeing the words Sandy Hook truther being used on the news and all this sort of stuff on mainstream media. So it was used to vilify the alternative research movement. And I went, aha, and I released a report on it and I, I spoke to people about it and I said, you're going to see this now. You're going to see these events being used to vilify the truth movement. So when I looked at the Boston bombing, sorry, okay, well, there was all these bomb sniffing teams around. Of, you know, what are we, we're we supposed to expect that these people were completely useless? Why was there a bomb sniffing team and all these sniffer dogs and all these, these guys there to protect the place and yet bombs went off? Weren't they there to protect? You're telling us that they're completely useless. No one's really looked at it from that angle. But you had cops running around apparently while the bombs were, were going off saying it's okay, it's just a training exercise and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, these reports disappeared, I think, but I, I did hear reports of this. So you look at how it was played. It's played to look like a conspiracy, whether it is or not. And again, now we're hearing all oh, these bombers were possibly truthers, right? So it's all being done to vilify the alternative research community, to drive a wedge in the community. And you did a wonderful job on that video on um, Sandy Hook. So uh, we'll be back in a few short moments, folks, for the next hour. And call lines will be open. Thank you. Max Egan with us for the next uh, two segments. 
And I've got the caller lines open. Number is 218-339-8525. If you care to call in and have a word with Max. Uh, so, right, I forget the subject. Uh, we were cut off by the music, Max. Um, did you want to continue from there? I'm sorry. I'd... I think we were talking about the Boston bombings and how these things were being played. I think it's really important to, to look at that because a lot of this is being used to vilify the truth community. That that's the way yep. that things are being played. Because you asked me, you know, what I thought about it, uh, who who done it, basically. And I mean, like I said, when I look at these things, I, I would say, you know, if I'm looking at myself from an objective perspective, I'd say that after all the stuff I've researched, when I look at these things, I, I kind of have a biased opinion. I just think that they're false flags now because you know I, I don't think that. Um, Things happen with all this sort of stuff in place without them being false flags. Things like the bomb sniffing team being there, you know, they catch the guys so quickly on security camera, you know, Muslims, the Chechens, the whole thing, you know, you've got the, the parents and the, the people who knew them saying, no, no, we don't think that they, they do this. One of them's conveniently dead, of course. I um, don't know what's going on with the other one. I mean, I, I just think that they're false flags and really I'm just look at how it's being played because... Like I said uh, when I did my critique on the Sandy Hook thing, you're going to see these events being used to vilify the truth community, the alternative research community, and that's what's been done with this Boston bombing. You know, the, the patriots, the people that are trying to stand up against gun control, that's who mm. the attacks are aimed at. So that, that's how they're being played. More importantly than who did it, it's, it's how they're being played. I mean, sometimes there's just bad people who do crazy things. I can't call it as a... Absolute conspiracy. Say that it was, it was an absolute false flag. But, you know, there's all the stuff there. The guy was being handled by the FBI. Yeah, everything. I mean, there's so much about it that's going to get the alternative research community standing up and speaking out about it as loudly as they can. And so while that's happening, they're calling the perpetrators part of this alternative research and truth community. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it's yeah, going to play. And we're going to see mm -hmm. this. We're going to see this more and more with these events. We're going to see it always pointing back to the alternative research community. It's interesting to see more prominent people in the alternative uh, research uh, community. Uh, have you have you heard of the uh, fellow by the name of David Laurie Van Der Beek? He's he's running for governor of Nevada. And he's putting out a few interesting videos. One recently last week was to do with the uh, the fertilizer um, missile event. He's um, done, done a 20 minute video, and uh, he's he's showing how um, there's an, enough footage there to reveal that there was actually a missile involved in that um, fertilizer plant explosion. Do you see any of that? I saw one report of, of a guy uh, saying that he saw he thought he saw something in the top left off that guy's mobile phone uh, footage that he had. The, the, the guy was in the car with his mobile phone and he had his child there with him. That's right, yes, um, yes. I, I don't know if there's any more footage that would confirm anything like that, but I did, I did see that footage. I haven't actually had time to, to really look into it. It's interesting, interesting theory. I mean, mm -hmm. it's I um, mean, a fertilizer plant w could well go off pretty pretty big, though. That's so what again, I thought too. Mm. But so again, I mean, I'm I um I, I'm 
I'm biased. And like I said, when I look at these things, I have to, I have to admit that I am. You know, if I'm going to be objective with anything, I need to be objective with myself. I have to admit that I'm biased. So, you know, it depends on how it's played. You know, if it's played to look like a conspiracy, if we find more than that, if we find more things in place, then there's a chance that this is the way it's going to be. But, you know, I'm just looking at how things are being played because I think this is all, all an attempt to bring about, um, you know, the, the situation they want. I mean, look at how, how they've locked down Boston. You know, they locked it down, they were going door to door, it was almost like a curfew, they had army on the streets, it was ridiculous what they did to Boston. It was like a manhunt, like a door to door manhunt, you know, it was, it was over the top, you know. Yeah. And, uh, they're just getting people ready for this. And they're, they're willing to do all of this because these, uh, couple of people were killed. Yeah, the, on that same day, there were drone strikes and there were bombings, you know, in, in, uh, Iraq, there were whole families killed. There was like 40, 50 people killed in bombings in Iraq on that day from the illegal US led atrocities and, and invasion that's happened to the people of Iraq and the, the damage that's been done to these people and the, the brutalized reality that they're forced to live in. All of this happened yeah. on the same day. There wasn't any reports about that. There wasn't lockdown of Iraq. There wasn't any of this, this terrible stuff, you know, the, the whole terrible threat against America. Oh my God, there was a bombing that killed three people and it's terrible that the people died. It's terrible that an eight year old boy died. But it, we, we didn't see any of the other stuff that's happening in, 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 in Pakistan, in the stuff that's happening in Iraq. You know, we, we didn't hear about any of this. And, and when you see all of the stuff that was in place, you know, you got the video footage of the guys, which is obviously still footage that's been spliced together. It's just still frames, you know. It's, it's not it's not actual video footage. You know, it's not, not smooth flowing. I mean, you can create that sort of footage from still frames. So why didn't we see actual video footage? Yeah, it's probably put there just so that people will question it. You know, so there's the community gives them a little bit more bait, you know. Because why would you do that? What's the point? That's the point, mm -hmm. okay? Um, you've got good down-home white boys there on the screen. There they are, guys with baseball caps on backwards and just backpacks, long hair, just good down-home American guys, you know? You've got a multicultural society. America's a multicultural place. You've got people all around, you know, but, they're, hey, they're all Americans. You speak to a Greek guy or a Spanish guy or any guy who lives in America who's got a green card, he goes, hey, I'm an American, you know, so... These are just down-home boys. It doesn't matter where they come from. So now you've got your, your white, homegrown terrorists who are truthers. And this is a natural progression from the Sandy Hook event. And, and everything that I said when I, when I was talking about Sandy Hook, this is exactly what I said. This is what you're going to see. Here it is. Mm. There. So I look at that and I go, well, it's a false flag. It has to be. You know, what, yeah. what else would have happened on like this? What's the point of bombing a marathon? Well, what was there, a government official there you wanted to kill? What statement were you trying to make? By killing this kid and killing these runners, what, what are you trying to say here? That sports is evil or something? I mean, what's your point? You know, the point is that it was a publicised event. It was on Patriot Day. It was, uh, you know, there were bomb sniffing dogs and there was stuff everywhere to make it look like a conspiracy, so that anybody who's got an eye would see that this is what it was. They managed to do it with minimal damage. They just used these little little um, bombs. I mean, only three people died. Other people were injured, probably seriously. But still, it's not like it was 9-11. It's not like it was, you know, some some major event. It wasn't like it was a bomb that they let off in Iraq, which was probably someone that they programmed to do that as well. I mean, you know, I mean, the whole there's so much theatre going on with all of this.
and you've really got to look at how it was played and the amount of attention that it got. Now, how many how many people died in the fertilizer blast? You know, hundred people injured or something. Would have, houses would have houses knocked down. Fifteen people blown to bits. Never found them. I mean, this didn't get much coverage, and yet these little three people being killed with these pressure cookers at a running event. You know what I mean? It gets all the coverage. It gets the whole fear of terrorism. It gets the city locked down. You know what I mean? There's there's yep. it's, it's disproportionate. So exactly. this, this this lends me to saying, well, it's, this is a staged event. It's a media event. It's a media yep. event. Just look how the media handled it. There's people dying all over the place in a lot more serious circumstances than this. Why aren't we hearing about it? Oh, it's because it was a bomb. Oh, it was a bomb in, in, in America. Oh, no. You know, what you mean what America does everywhere else happened there. You know, and it might, you know, it, it's it's been played. That's the way it's, that's the way it's, it's worked, you know. It's theatre. Yeah, I... I encourage uh, the listeners to look at Gerald Salenti's latest um, offering on the Boston bombings. I think he's done a masterpiece there um, in pulling that together, pulling that apart. Hey, uh, we've got a caller. Max, how about we go to the caller? Yeah, sure. Yep, and it's Jerome. Hello, Jerome. You there? Hey, Jerome. Hey, how you doing? So, so, so uh, I guess I'm, this is like a bar. I'm going to be like a regular. You, you yeah. Me every time you come on, I'll be in the uh, chat line. You're welcome, brother. Um, to be honest, I was just listening, but um, I guess to add my thoughts since then, um, um, about the, uh, it's a strategy of session. I'm not sure if you, you guys are familiar with the, um, what is it, the, in Italy, the Piazza of Fontana bombing. It was a um, strategy of tension to, to basically get people to surrender their weapons and everything. But I'm curious, like, <clears throat> like how, how far into the future do you see uh, these stage events happening? Uh, either one you can answer, this, these stage events happening until they finally uh, forfeit they get the American people to forfeit their weapons and um, uh, carry you on the next agenda. Look, to be honest, I don't think that they'll ever get the American people to willingly forfeit their weapons. Uh, it's just not going to happen. I don't think the American people will do that. They tried that. I mean, they, they, with Sandy Hook as well, I mean, you've got, to, you've got to see they're making these things so obvious with these events that they're kind of pushing for conflict. They're waiting for the militias to stand up against the government in a military fashion. They're waiting for someone to try to conduct some sort of a people's coup or something. They want either civil war, and if they can't push the people to civil war, because really that's the only way they're going to get the weapons, then they will push the people towards martial law by staging things such as the Boston bombing. You know, because of what they've done with, with, with Boston, you know, in, in the wake of that bombing, they, they let off these two little pressure cookers which only killed three people, and on the scale of things, that's that's not a lot. As I said, it's, it's terrible that anybody died and anybody was hurt, but on the scale of things, it was a, a small pressure cooker, homemade event, homemade, down-home guys with, with stuff you can get from the kitchen made these bombs. So it was done this way, and the media played it, and the media hyped it up so much. And the result of that was that all of Boston got put on lockdown, and the people accepted it. They virtually had martial law imposed over a whole city because of a couple of pressure cookers, and the people accepted it. 
You know, so this is the way they'll they'll do it. All they have to do is stage a few more of these events and say, well, look, this is going to keep happening. Obviously, we've got terrorist cells in our country, and we think that these terrorist cells are these truthers, because if you look at everything they say, oh, look, it's all anti-American. They blame the Americans. They blame the Jews. They blame the Vatican. It's all anti-Christian. It's all anti-American. These people are anti-society. You can see how they're going to play it. And that's what they will use if they don't get the civil war that they're pushing for by making all of these things so damn obvious when they do them now. That, that's my take on it anyway. That's the two possibilities yeah. that we've got, you know. The thing is, as well, is that you know, learning how to combat these things, how can we combat this whole system? And it's got to come back to what I was saying before about respect and, and unity and community, because the power of community can change everything. So you've got to start respecting yourself and respecting those around you. Put away all the petty stuff, because we've got bigger issues to deal with, and it's really imperative that we deal with them. You know, We can only deal with these issues through respecting each other and having strong community, and once we've got that, all these issues will simply disappear by default, because... 
or have the strength of numbers to simply stand up and say no. And it can be done non-violently as well. That, that's the beauty of it. And when I say forgive people and forgive all, I mean, a lot of the psychopaths that do all these things, they won't allow you to forgive them. So that's not an issue. Don't worry about that. But just forgive the people around you in your community. Yeah. All righty. Let's go to the next break. Uh, are you good for that, uh, Jerome? I'll put you back on mute. Is that okay? Sure. Thank you, Spencer. Thanks, brother. Uh, back in a few short moments, folks. Hang in there. Thank you. I'm with uh, special guest Max Egan today, and it's the final segment. So, uh, Max, I just want to um, thank you and so that you can uh, be free to go at the end of this segment, and I'll have David Whitehead at the uh, after the break. And so I just want to thank you for joining me and for um, sharing with the listeners your insights and perspectives. You've been on this uh case for many years now and so we love to hear from you brother thank you very much oh pleasure to come on santos always a pleasure i just hope that it helps you know offering a perspective i mean i think it you know we've got some serious issues but i think we've also got some really simple solutions to them so that's that's what i try to present yeah well i like i like the solution that you offered of starting with forgiving yourself um now i don't know how complete i have perfected that process but i know I have forgiven myself for, wow, you know, the ignorance, the dangerous behaviour that I've been involved in. I say dangerous when, you know, I was, I consider myself to be a danger to humanity when I was a Jehovah's Witness because I was very zealous and I would knock on many doors, you know, trying to convert people to Jehovah and to the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses who I, I now know are pedophiles. Um, you know, so... That was a very dangerous me, and I need to complete the process of forgiving myself for a start, and then only then can you fully, completely forgive everyone else, because really, we are everyone else. God, creator light, we are children of light, is in everyone. Well, that's, so, that's, that, that's true, brother. And, you know, you've, you've got to really forgive yourself. But when you, when you do, I mean, you have a, a real moment of realization because the, the real way to, to forgive yourself is to understand the playing field that you've got. Understand the yardsticks that you were given to measure yourself up to. Understand that, you know, you were living in, in what was essentially a, a social construct, a fictional social construct. You know, a boxed view of reality. Now, when you look at things, I mean, I go through this on so many shows where I talk about the measurement problem. I talk about it so much and mention it so much because it's important. It's an important piece of, of science. All you people out there, you respect science. Okay, well, here's some science that says that when you observe an experiment, it, it behaves differently. You know, and the measurement problem, how you can't, you can't measure an atom until you actually go to measure it because the, the electrons are infinite. They exist everywhere at once. It isn't until you go to measure it that it actually coalesces to form the atom. Therefore, the acts of observation creates the atom, and everything is made of atoms, all matter is made of atoms, and yet we create this stuff by observing it. So, you know, when, when you are living in a social construct and, and an economic construct and a religious construct and a scientific construct, a mathematical geometric construct, that tells you that reality has to fit within these certain parameters, and that is all that's possible, then this is what you get. You know, but, but really the only thing that is impossible is that which you believe is impossible. So, you know, we, we are capable of making this reality anything we want, but we're given all these, these fictional yardsticks and ways to measure ourselves up. We're put into a system which is essentially designed to disconnect us, to make us all competitive, to 
to make it so that we've all got stuff with each other, so that we're all divided, when really it's a construct. It's been done to do exactly what it's done. So, so you're not judging people or yourself by an even playing field. Like I said, it doesn't matter what you did, Santos. It matters what you do. You know, put that away. There was one moment in ceremony where I was, I was in ceremony. I, I spoke to, to the mother, the earth mother, the mother ayahuasca, the, the female goddess that we all meet, that everybody meets if they do ceremony. And I said to her, I'm really sorry about all that stuff I did. And she said, yes, so am I. Are we done? Can we go forward now? And she didn't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you did. Now you know that that's great that you know, because now you know never to do it again. It's all good. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's just a construct. The whole thing's a construct. But we can change it once we forgive ourselves. And when we can truly see that, the what, what, what it was, what it was our belief of reality that made us everything that we were, that always, always does make you everything that you are. It's your belief of reality, your belief of what your relationship to reality is. But when you can really see how much has been taken from us, it, it's easy to forgive yourself and to forgive everybody of everything because no one was given an even playing field. And the best you can do is lead by example and be the light that you, you are and shine that light forth. Be that and be all that you can be in the world and improve reality by your presence in it. Because, because we're custodians of this place. Each generation are the custodians of this planet. And we need to turn things around. We really do. It's, it's got to come from respect. And, and as soon as we do that, if, if, when you truly do that and truly find yourself and truly forgive yourself, you don't even have to try to forgive everybody else. It just all happens by default. And if it happened to everybody all at once, the world would change in three seconds. You know, yeah. there'll, be the, there'll be the psychopaths, like I said, that won't allow you to forgive them. And that's okay. They're psychopaths. They'll just keep going and act in psychopathic ways. But because we've all forgiven each other, we all respect each other. Well, I guess we'll just have to take these guys and, I don't know, put them on Christmas Island or something. They can all live there together. You know, like they made mm-hmm. the refugees do. You know, but something. We get get them out of society. We don't need you. You're a psychopath. Go away. See, back in the old days, the shaman used to take care of the psychopaths. So they were never allowed to uh, get into a situation where they were in, in control. Through the loss of our shamanistic culture, we, we lost the ability to differentiate these psychopaths. And so these psychopaths, as they, because they like control, they always maneuver themselves into control. And so now we have a completely psychopathic society completely due to the loss of shamanistic traditions, which is another result of religion. You know, the Crown Corporation, the Jesuit system, you know, the, the, the whole you know, corporate entity that is Rome that went out and devastated all. That was its main priority, devastate all of these shamanistic traditions because that's where your connection to everything lies, you know, and that's also how to recognise um, psychopathy. We don't want that. So we've created a psychopathic system which, which rewards psychopathic and sociopathic behavior. So this is what you get, you know. So you can't, you can't judge people. You can't because, you know, you look at the, look at the parameters that they've been given to, to grow up in. And it, it's a big step backwards and it's a big realization to really see this and to see it about yourself and to see what you've actually been swimming in. But when you really see it, you can't help but forgive yourself and everybody else. Yeah, here, here. Perfect. Well said, and so true. Uh, we've we've been we've been handicapped by the system that we glorify, and you you hear people uh, talking and praising the scientific community and all their achievements, and politicians who are doing good for humanity, and charities that are going around vaccinating children and stuff like that. I mean, it's all you know. Um, 
it's all a construct and we've been educated to think that these things are great and superior to any other time in history and yet it's totally the opposite. So we've got to, um, first of all, overcome that and understand that that has been happened to it, to us, that has been perpetrated on well, us and... Yeah, well, it's, yep. it's a system of control. It's solely about control, all of that stuff. It's a result of the predator mind. And even people's belief that they need to judge others, it's a result of the predator mind. As I said earlier, one of the, one of the people, one of the researchers I, I respect most out of, out of a lot of the people that I've seen out there is uh, the work of John Lash. Now, I really recommend that people have, have a, a listen to what he said on some of his interviews. And I actually got to try to contact him to see if I can get him on the show. But uh, I think that you know, the more people understand about the predator mind and, and what they're really swimming in, what, what this social construct really is and what it's done to human consciousness, you know, it, it becomes uh, easy to forgive everybody. And you, know, you can't, you can't uh, really uh, judge them at all. You know? And I recommend people do ceremony as well, not because it's a nice experience, because often it isn't, but it opens you up to the fact that there are higher realms, there are higher higher levels of consciousness that you can reach and uh, we need to we need to pay attention uh, even if you don't do ceremony you can still if you look you can see the system for what it is you can see how much humankind has been moved from their path and I think it's really important that we, uh, we we get back on our path it's really important that we keep the message alive but it's also really important when we look at all these people and, and we don't judge them harshly. I mean, you can't really be calling people morons because they've been programmed to do what they're doing, and they're in a bubble. They can't help it. They were put there. They don't know. They have no idea what reality is because they were given these little boxed parameters, and that that became their reality. And and suddenly within those parameters, they found a little bubble where it works for them. They can walk that path and not think about anything else, and it all works. Just leave me alone. My reality works if I do this. I've found a way to make it work, you know. So don't, don't, don't bring this other stuff to me. So you can't judge them. You know, you, you can't. You've got to lead by example and shine your light. Understand who and what you really are and shine that light. That's how you change things. You lead by example in all that you do, regardless of what you did. You know, forgive yourself. Forgive them. It doesn't matter. It's all petty. There's far, far bigger things at stake. Yeah, and you're right there. You can actually learn these things from entheogenic uh, experiences. I hope uh, I can get a chance to do this when I go to Ecuador. Do you know whether Ecuador is um, known for ayahuasca? I'm not sure, mate. I'd say, look, a lot of Central American uh, and South American regions are, but you're not, you're not far from Peru. And I know a few people uh, in, in the Peru area that would uh, be able to look after you. Not that uh, I, I need to. I mean, I've got enough stuff here. I've got a beautiful sal um, salvia divinorum plant just outside of my uh, <laughs> just outside of my doorstep. Really, it's growing monstrously, and I tell you what, um, the DMT in that is uh, is quite wonderful. I recommend sal salvia divinorum to anyone who's. Um, yeah, it's not also it's not also about the the, the DMT though. I mean, with with the uh, the ayahuasca ceremony, a lot of it is about the ayahuasca. You can actually do it without the DMT. The DMT just just helps. Something that I'd like to see uh, that I'm kind of concerned about with uh, the way uh, ayahuasca ceremonies become so uh, prominent and so fashionable, if you will, is that mm. uh, there are vast amounts of the Amazon still being torn down, and there mm. there are now because of ayahuasca tourism. 
there are vast amounts of vine being pulled out of the jungle that is left. And I'm just wondering uh, who's, who's planting because uh, it's very, very soon, at the current rate, it will become a rarity because of the degradation of the forest. And people's, um, people's um, a rush to get this out to everybody that they can and using it as a, as a means of, of making money may be the, the downfall of the tradition, maybe the downfall of, of, of shamanism altogether, now, because it needs to be done in a very careful manner, and we, we need to make sure that we don't uh, we don't run out of this plant, because the last place it exists is the Amazon jungle, really, and they set the little pockets maybe around the place. But um, you know, people need to thinking about that and replanting it and uh, getting getting uh, the word out to to do that on all of the the places that you can go for ceremony. I think they should be planting. Yeah, true too, very true. And uh, certainly if one is not uh, prepared to have an entheogenic experience, I would recommend to spend time with yourself. Um, the, the best way to get to know who you are, which is imperative really for going forward, is to spend time with yourself. Um, yeah. 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 Do that. Do that, and spend time in the forest. Spend time in the jungle. I mean, one of the one of the biggest things I learned from an anthropogenic experience was was that I don't need it. You know, like even the the spirit of the plant, Mother Ayahuasca, because that's the thing in, in the ayahuasca experience is the spirit of that that carpavine itself. It, it has a particular female spirit which can connect you to to all sorts of uh, of higher stuff and literally show you the way through the DMT experience. I mean, DMT itself is like being shot out of a cannon. You don't know what you're going to manifest. You'll manifest anything your imagination wants to manifest, depending on the mood you're in, the fear state you're in, or anything. You, you, and all this stuff's happening. You don't know how to decode it. But but with the ayahuasca experience, you've actually got the spirit of this plant guiding you through. And it's a feminine spirit that everybody experiences. Every single person that has the ayahuasca experience meets Mother Ayahuasca eventually. They'll meet this feminine spirit, which which guides them through. So it's it's a rather unique experience, you know. And um, you know, if you go out in nature, you can you can feel her there all the time. That's what she will tell you in in the experience. Is that the most important thing you can get out of this is to remember that you don't have to do this. You don't have to drink to come and know me. I'm here all the time. All you have to do is be aware of me and listen. And, and the reason you've got a lot of shaman going out around the world and holding ceremonies in secret with people to bring this information to people is because the, the, the shamanistic cultures that are left and the traditional cultures believe that the reason our society is the way it is and the reason this, this predator mind has been able to take us over is because we've lost our connection to spirit, our connection to the earth spirit. And they can see that if, if we don't get our connection to spirit back we're going to take the whole world down with us we're going to take all mm-hmm. these traditions with us we're going to take all life with us into the abyss and so they're going out now using the ayahuasca as a means of giving people a crash course in what reality actually is because we've lost our connection to that beautiful well said and max we've come to the end uh and i wish to thank you very much and uh, we'll be talking soon brother thank you It was a pleasure to come on, Santos. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Take care, and we'll talk soon.
Thanks, Thanks listeners. Uh, back after a few short minutes after the commercial break with uh, David Whitehead, who will be joining you for the, the month. Fall back down, you're 
Stay up on that ride. 
Mama said, don't give up, it's a little complicated, all tied up, no more love, and I'd hate to see you waiting, they say it's all been done, but they haven't seen the best of me, eh, 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 so I got one more run, and it's gonna be a sight to say, eh, 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 had to have high, high hopes for a living, shooting for the stars when I couldn't make a killing, Always had high